Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 19 of the 2014 offseason. This is show 132, and it's a great show we've got for you. This one we're going to do on the art of PPR. We have a lot of fans out there that are doing PPR leagues. It's a very popular format in fantasy football, more popular than ever. So we're going to dedicate this entire podcast to the intricacies and the art of PPR, and that extends to a number of things. And I'm excited uh, to announce the guys I'm here with as usual. We got uh, Houdini to my left. And across the way from me, we're psyched to have Dogmatica back in the mix after a little uh, brief um, departure. Dogmatica, the, the stats are back in the mix. Good, uh-huh. good times. What's up, fellas? My, uh, my voice has finally returned somewhat. You guys might hear a little scratchy throughout. But uh, I'm back, and I'm here. So... Uh Let's get, let's get this shit rolling, man. I, welcome, so back. welcome back. Welcome back. I'm D-Rex. We are pyromaniac. <laughs> All right. The art of PPR, um, you know, good stuff. I think I'll talk about a couple of NFL stories. Um, one of the funny ones I felt uh, that came about this week is uh, with my, my man Jimmy Graham. Main man Jimmy Graham. Uh, basically, they're saying that his $5 million uh, for being a... Wide receiver money isn't going to happen because of his Twitter account. He says tight end on it. <laughs> his Twitter account calls himself a tight end. Says it's going to cost him five million bucks. Oh, <laughs> oh god, Jim, Jimmy! Right now, Jimmy's like fucking Twitter. Wow. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? He should just get you know, all of his Twitter followers. I'll donate a dollar to him. Here's the thing, <laughs> New Orleans. He's by far your most marketable thing. You're a team that's making money. Uh, of one of the few in, in a city that's not many things are making money and doing great. And that's, you know, uh, they've done that. They've created a great, op- a great situation, a great franchise there. But if the guy wants the money, just give him a little more money. Because don't you want him to re- Now with all this bullshit, the fucking guy is going to go and he's going to re-sign with another team just out of spite. He's like, okay, I went through all this thing. You know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to take the money elsewhere. Next time around, or can they keep on like franchising him forever? Strange place to go, uh, New Orleans. Cause you can't tell what no motherfucker is down here. <laughs> no, cause you motherfuckers look white, be black. <laughs> so, and then the black 
ones talk that funny kind of shit. You know, you talk to them and say, Bob, why is it? What do you want? You come back, you come back, you like me yet? And the girl say, you gonna fuck me for two? Shit. See, you go up nerves. White folks don't know what to do. Dad. You must say, well, it's a different kind. <laughs> you must be from Brazil somewhere. <laughs> but I, I just think it's weird. You know, they, if you want to keep that guy around and there's no reason why you don't want him on, in your franchise for the next 10 years, just come to the table. Instead of dealing with all this bullshit, put it out open in the media. Just do a long term deal with the guy. Pay the money. Keep around. He's face of your franchise. Whatever he brings, the merchandise and the, the, the seats that he sells in his own right. He's one of the more popular guys in the league. Uh, he's from down south. Went to school at, at uh, Florida. Or no, Miami. Sorry. Miami. Um, Don't they so, all go to Miami? Yeah, I think so. The U. <laughs> but I just think it's weird that they're kind of uh, airing this whole thing out um, when... You just shouldn't do that when you've got one of the, you know, I'd say he's, he's number best guy at his position. He's top ten player in the league, right? He's also yeah. the best receiver on his team. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 there's no doubt. He's, I mean, not, not, not just, yeah, to, not just the top of his position, but you sure, Brandon Top Cooks. ten. <laughs> top ten fantasy guy, for sure. You know, I mean, not just player in general, but they know, you know that these, these, these franchises, these upper tier guys in, in, in their in the franchise, they look at that fantasy stuff. You know they do. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can pretend as much as they want that this game isn't about fantasy. It's not about all that shit. But you know that they do, and you know the players do. You know, I'll, I'll tell you that for free. So it's, I mean, it, it's it's got to come down to it where he's going to make a little bit more money. Got to make a little bit more money. Just pay the fucking guy. It, it's as simple as that. He's easily the best in his position. Just just get it over with. And he's actually a, a person that we'll talk about plenty um, on this podcast because not only at his tight end position is he a beast with the touchdowns, yeah. but he's a PPR machine. So, I mean, he's number one regardless, and we'll get into all that sort of stuff. Um, anything else in, in, in football news that's uh, uh, interesting? You know, a couple guys have signed. Bortles signed today or yesterday. I think Johnny Manziel signed a few days ago. Did you guys see that Manziel video of him using his, the stack of cash as a cell phone? No. You guys got to watch. You guys got to read more football. <laughs> Jesus. God. How come I'm the only one that's reading this football stuff and seeing this cool shit? That's uh, hilarious. Oh, uh, where, where, where'd you read that? I, I mean, I everywhere. Yeah, I just like yeah. all But yeah, he's douching out. He's just like, got it. Trying like it's other. I can't hear you. I got stacks of cash in, my, in the way. And it's like, it's to be honest, if he keeps this up, this... That's not my kind of guy. I'm starting not to like him a little bit because he's just this is this is not going to be a success story. And he's always out getting wasted. The which best sounds is, like he is. He's going to be in Cleveland. I, I'm sorry if you're from Cleveland, but have you been to Cleveland? <laughs> you know what that stack? Of, you know what that stack of cash could do for Cleveland? Oh, that, that stack of cash alone. If you, I mean, he's yeah, making so, Cleveland Browns. A I love the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Don't get me wrong, Cleveland's great there. I love Jacobs Field. We yeah. went out to the bars though afterward. Now, I've been to bars in Cleveland and they're actually pretty fun. You know, they have fun times. It's not enough talent. I, I saw some good girls. Oh, okay. But I agree. I mean, it's, it's just fucking. How you know, much did you Cleveland. drink at the game before? I actually was going to a wedding, so I was sober. And then for the beginning, so part, people from went to the wedding. Went to the wedding. I went to the wedding. And then I got and then I got back. 
And then they were they were they were looking. What was the convention that was in town? Was there a pharmaceutical convention? It was all chicks from the wedding. Okay, (laughs) no. To be honest, this the wedding was had nothing to do with it. I went there beforehand because I got into town early. Uh, (laughs) You can't tell who Dini and I are buying a fucking second of this. And who gets into Cleveland early? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know. I was trying to see that. That was a telltale right there. No, I, no, no, I know you're lying. No, there's no, no lying. Like, I know I can remember the bar. Where, where are we to? going for our destination wedding? We're going to Cleveland. Oh, you know what? I've always wanted to go. I'm going to get there a day early so yeah, I can yeah. explore Cleveland. No one said a day early. Yeah, I got there like no three hours. Who said a day no, early? No, I got, no, I got there early. I mean, his nose is growing. I got there early. Did I say a day early? Sorry. I went three hours. I did not get there a day early. You're right. I am lying if I said a day. Three hours, I went straight to the bar, and uh, I kind of, there's some hot chicks at this bar. All bartenders, though. Anyway. I, I, I do oh, bartenders. So they, they, they don't live in Cleveland. How many people are going to be out at Cleveland at 2 o'clock drinking beer in, on, on an afternoon? Like Weddings at 4, and I'm having hot chicks in the, whole, in, in the whole surrounding area. The I got your back, bartenders. Cleveland. I got your back. I like your ladies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right. going to be moving to Cleveland soon. I do have some some news. Yeah, give me some news. Well, I, you know, it's it's definitely news. it's definitely news in itself, but it, it's also a telltale for for a couple of things. If you guys are ever wondering why did this team sign this guy, why did they re-sign this guy, why did they let go of this guy, you know, what's the reason behind that? Obviously, there's a reason now why the Packers were adamant about getting Starks back. Jonathan Franklin, I don't know if you've heard it recently, they're afraid that he might, he might not be able to play football ever again mm. uh, because uh, the, the concussion and the neck injury that he sustained last year in Week 12, I guess it was, um, they're afraid that he, he might be done for his career. Jesus. They're going to do a, a, some more extensive testing just to see if he can get back on the field this year. Uh, I mean, there's nothing set in stone yet, but it's you know a little scary. But it also taught you know moving I mean, down that's, my that's tears about you know what what happens. Moving <laughs> off the, your tears, yeah. that that says something about what happens behind the scenes that you know us out in the public just don't know. You know, I mean, the, the higher ups and they keep it quiet as quiet as they possibly can. It's sure there's leaks here and there, but you wonder to yourself why did this happen? Why did that happen? They know what's going on. We don't, mm-hmm. and the, as much as we can find out, we do. And I mean, I have a little insider information here and there. I know you guys have some insider information here and there. But to get into those boardrooms, to get in in that close is not easy. Something like this comes out and you find out that's why that happened. Oh, that's why that happened. Yeah. So, you know, well, take the, things with a grain of salt sometimes. The other thing that you realize, how many times do you hear, oh, he played the whole season with, with, with bruised or cracked ribs. Oh, sure. you know, he actually had a strained hamstring the entire season, you know, because... It's football. Guys have to play. You you never are healthy. Mm-hmm. So that, that whole term is a misnomer in, in, in pro football. Uh, you know, you're basically playing hurt all the time. It's you, it's management of pain. So you know, unfortunately, when your contract is not a guaranteed contract, all you have is your signing bonus. Let's say that you've already gotten that, and that was two years ago. You better be playing all those games because you can't afford to be letting somebody else pass you by. Or what happens to you is you become Miles Austin. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, that, now you wonder why everybody does well in their contract years. You know, <laughs> it's, exa- it's exactly why they play through the pain and they don't care. Break another bone. I don't give a shit. I'm getting paid, motherfucker. You know, so, it's, it's also why a guy bef- uh, the year before his contract year will potentially like if, if, if there's an injury, maybe I'll take the extra week before I come back. 
before yeah. I risk myself again before I have a chance to even get my next contract. Exactly. And then you see, you know, someone like a Santonio Holmes who takes the money and says, I'm pretty much not going to play the rest of my career. I'm just going to take this money. Has he and, and been resigned by anybody? No. No, nobody. He he's hasn't done. even a look yet. Yeah. They say he's working out. He says he feels awesome. I don't think anybody's listening. Yeah. Anybody. He's just I trying mean, to get one more contract himself. I mean, there might be some uh, baseball teams listening or something. I don't know. But that's that's about it. Did he that's play baseball? Is. No, but uh, oh. my man, man, Zeal got, man, man Zeal got drafted. Are you guys hear yeah, that? I, yeah, I, I, see, I saw that. That was the other guy. I read that and uh, I was like, well, yeah. they're drafting all these, uh, all these uh, football players just because. Why yeah. Not? Well, right now, right their draft now goes, Vince Young wishes he had gone to baseball. Well, no, because the NFL oh, yeah. draft only goes seven rounds. Jemias Winston might be yeah. the same thing. Was it was it, was a baseball draft go fifty rounds? Oh, it's it, it is. It's, it's I mean, already. think about that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's do some art of PPR, and this is just going to be a free flowing conversation. There's really we're, we've got some frameworks and some gutters that we're going to try and stay within, but really we're just going to kind of tangent off after tangent on PPR and PPR focused things. But you know the one thing that I guess I'll get I'll talk about to get it started is just something that we've been huge proponents of. We really have been the Valverdes of of the industry um, with PPR or not really PPR, but with this concept and it's touches, targets, and looks. We initially started off about five years ago, really breaking down targets each week. That was uh, Spike Mike Spike Jones's piece for a couple, couple two maybe three years, and um, then we added uh, more of a thing that was uh, that was uh, touches and targets. Um, so we added another level to it to help kind of give you a sense of how much certain players get the ball. And then last year we kind of, everyone else started doing touches and targets and following our asses like they usually do. And basically, so now this year, or not this year, last year we, we added a new wrinkle and it's touches, targets, and looks. And looks is, um, is, even, a, is even a greater um, detailed kind of look at this. And it actually helps a lot more with quarterbacks as well, where it brings in quarterbacks into the mix with looks a lot. But... Targets and touches and looks, you can't score fantasy points unless you have opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it's a fact, and it's proven out throughout time, too, which is why it's good to get into PPR, at least understand the concept of PPR and how it affects fantasy. And I, I, even just, you know, just for shits and giggles, even if you're you're not in a league, join a, join a league online or something. Just, just get into one because it's a whole different animal, and it gives you a different perspective on, on football, not just football in general, but obviously the whole fantasy game, and you'll start to see the effects of of stuff like we're talking about the target, the targets, touches, and looks. How that really affects each and every player. You know, I mean, there's there's a bunch of players that lose a lot of value simply because they just don't get the targets that uh, you know somebody else like a let's say a, a Kendall Wright or something even or so, somebody gets. You know, obviously players over time, Wes Welker. You know, or Herman Moore, or whatever, going back in the day. You know, it, there's there's a lot of guys that, you know, may not be as talented, or you know, have all the intangibles, or you know, have the size, the things you can't you can't teach, um, but are just better players fantasy wise, and you wonder why. And this is the reason. Opportunity. Why. Yep. Oh, well, I'll, I'll also tell you, targets, touches, and looks. Is another one of these things when I write articles. You're looking at all the stats, right? You don't you don't go in and say I'm going to write an article and this is the article that I'm going to write. You say I'm going to find and do all the digging of all the stats and it's going to tell me what the article yeah. is I'm going to yeah. write. And this is one of those. This important. is one of those ones. So what targets, touches, and looks can do is also can read between the lines and can tell you about a player. 
So let me tell you about a player. How about Danny Woodhead? Okay, tell you something. Danny Woodhead in PPR leagues last year, he finished uh, with the 12th most points. Okay? Now, here's a guy who only rushed for, what is it, 406 yards? 25. 400, 106 carries, four, 425 yards. Right. So, really? not doing any damage there. Yet, he had the fourth most amount of targets in uh, amongst running backs with 87. But here's the other thing. That this is why Danny Woodhead is so spectacular. He had the second most amount of catches at 76. He only had 11, 11 uh, targets that weren't completions. That's insane when you look at a guy like Jamal Charles who gets 104 targets and makes the 70 catches, which we knew he was going to get those catches. But, wow, that's 34 missed targets. 11? That's his proficiency, and that's what he does. That's part of his game. You can see that from the targets and touches, and you, get, you can get that percentage look. Another thing that's very important when you're looking at these things is the next layer. The TDs. He had six of them. Right. So you get six TDs through the air for a running back. It is only made possible through getting the opportunities with balls thrown to you in the air. So you know what you're just going to Now, Woodhead is more of a... He's not going to rush, you know, 250 times in a season. But, um, you know, when looking at a lot of the other players, look at that touchdown number because it's, it's always going to get increase your opportunity for touchdowns if you're catching the ball out of the backfield. And for... Woodhead, he's making a living on it. When you're to, to Houdini's end, if you finish 12, he's a running back too. That means you're drafting him pretty high in PPR leagues. And that just shows you how the world can be turned upside on the top of its head. And how team you, leagues, he's, a, he's an RB1. He's an RB1. Danny Woodhead is an uh, RB1 in, in PPR team, format. In, in PPR format, 12 teams, 16 team leagues. That guy's an RB1. That's so, insane. I would say, listen to, you know. Free your mind and the rest will follow. Who is that? Uh, um, oh, yeah, who is that? Sly and the Family. Sly and the Family Stone, right? So Sly, be the Sly and the Family Stone when it comes to PPR drafts. You have to totally do your tiers differently. Yep. You have to totally look at the minutia of the targets, the touches, how many t- touchdowns they're getting through the air versus on the ground, opportunities and carries they're getting as a running back. You really have to dig deep into all those secondary and minutia uh, de- stat data um, because it's so important. I mean, God, Woodhead is is a dream come true. Then they give you another one. So then look at some of the wide receivers, okay? And you, you get guys like, okay... So Pierre Garçon had 182 targets, led the way, with, and then he had 113 receptions. Um, you know, okay, that's great. Then you look at A.J. Green. He had 178 targets, only 98 receptions. Huh. So then you look at some other guys, and you're saying, okay, well, what's the difference of guys in, uh, in their proficiency? Well, I, I look at these guys here who finished with uh, nearly the same amount of targets, 159 for Vincent Jackson, 160 for Brandon Marshall. Vincent Jackson... 78 catches. Brandon Marshall, 100 catches. Mm-hmm. So you see, now this is the other Reception thing Reception ratio. Now, now, but here's also, how can I use this as a projector of good things to come for a player? Well, I'll stay with the Bears because Alshon Jeffrey is one of these guys that we're projecting to be higher. It's a good thing for the Bears when it's Valverde. Wow, that was a big Valverde all over the place. I'm trying to get sound out Jeez. of these things. I'm trying to get sound. I got... I got beer on the microphone. First time we've done we've done a hundred and we've done hundred and thirty two episodes. First time beer ever got on the mic. Nicely done. So so Elshon Jeffrey, let me get that let me get here before you short the whole thing out. Is uh, had last year one hundred and forty nine targets, 
but only 89 catches, you know. So, and, and when you think about where Brandon Marshall is and where he is, wow, that's actually not even it's about the same rate. And that's a good rate, but there's potential for that to even increase. Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. And you second year guy. I mean, that's, that's you know. You know, back to somebody like, I mean, like we were talking about with, with Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Danny Woodhead specifically, he's not a fluke either. You know, he's proven over time. In three of the last four years, in PPR formats, he's been a top 25 running back. You know, he's not just, you know, in, in standard formats, he's, he's pretty much right around there as is. But the uh, year before, I think he was 22nd. Uh, the year before that, he didn't do as well. And New England was uh, 23rd the year before that. 23rd and you know, 25th and, in 2010 or something like that. Yeah, but he, and he wasn't targeted, which was, he actually, uh, it, it's the touchdowns for him. That's always, you know, when, in New England, he didn't get targeted like he did in, in San Diego. And I want to say that this, what a surprise that was. Was that, it was to me anyway. I thought Danny Woodhead going there, I thought, well, maybe he'll get a little bit more used. They used the hell out of him. Well, you guys remember what you, you were saying, that whole dink and dunk yeah. offense, yeah. where it yeah. just works perfect for him. We, yeah, we liked him. We remember last really year, he was the top 25 that. guy for us. I because think, in we, our ranks, and we're like, this guy's consistent, and they, they're going to be checking down to him all the time. Yeah, and they paid off. And I mean, when you throw it. We were number two at, at running back. For all the experts in in that uh, competition, yes, we were. Yes, sure, we Danny were. helped uh, our numbers. You know, I, I mean, another guy you could look at real quick, uh, like Pierre Thomas last mm-hmm. year. You know, I mean, the, the Saints love to throw the running back out of the backfield, as everybody knows. With Darren Sproles, Sproles has since moved on. But la- I mean, last year, Pierre Thomas, eighty-four targets. This is the insane thing: yeah. seventy-seven catches on eighty-four targets. Jesus, how the fuck do you do that? Seven him, him misses the entire season. That's that, incredible. The, that's what these are the guys you have to be aware of because they they just don't they don't miss they don't miss the ball. Reggie well, Bush, eighty targets, but only had fifty four catches. That's twenty three less catches on basically the same targets. That's nuts. That's insane. Well, when you think about Sproles, the guy you mentioned, obviously he's 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 still going to be a very sought after guy in PPR because of the team he went to. He's basically. Opportunistic, not opportunity knocks. He's on. He's on. The, you know the great new Chip Kelly move play, make a lot of plays offense. But last year, perfect example in non PPR, he's the thirty seventh ranked running back. Yeah. So and then you take you take him to the PPR league, and you've got him sitting at twenty fourth. Yeah. So That's he's good. a top twenty five running back when you get to PPR. Not to spout the obvious, but you just got to target the guys like you said, Pierre. They were on the same team. So yeah. Think about Pierre's opportunity for this season. Yeah, if you're in PPR, that's exactly why I if, yeah, if you're in PPR, Pierre's like, oh, absolutely. That's why I connected the Reggie Bush to, to Pierre right there. Yeah, now. I want to make because another connection. Because all though. of a sudden, with the Lions, the uh, QB coach is bringing over the offensive system from New Orleans to Detroit. So now Reggie Bush is going to be right there with it. What do you got, Hoodings? I got the connection with Reggie Bush. What about Joyke Bell? You said Reggie Bush had 80 targets. 54 receptions. Yep. Joy Bell only had 69 targets, 53 receptions. Yep. 69, dude. So <laughs> he had much more efficiency. And so when you look at you know how things go, that's why Joy Bell becomes a very fantasy viable guy because Reggie Bush is trying to do too much with it sometimes, and Joy Bell is just catching the ball and being effective. Well, everybody also knew that when Reggie Bush was in there, he was likely going to get the ball. So he'd be covered a little bit better coming out of the backfield, a lot, a lot tougher to make those catches. 
Somebody like a Danny Woodhead, you're not exactly sure what's going on. Somebody with a Joy Bell, you're not exactly sure what's going on. He's probably going to be a little bit more open. Unlike, you know, like I think Danny Woodhead, they're just like, catch it. I want to hit you. Yeah, seriously. You're, you're, you're five foot six. <laughs> they got, they I really do. like to, to, to get, lay a lick on you, bud. I think that's a great point. Like, I could totally just go break up this play, but I'd much rather have him catch it and level him. Yeah. <laughs> Sports Center. Sports Center. Na na na. Nah, nah, nah. Anyway. Well, you know, I'll ask each of you guys a question, and I'll start it to give you um, give you a little bit of a, a moment to think of your guy, but because we didn't talk about this in our production meeting prior to recording. But who's a guy in your eyes that's a running back? Because I think running back's a really important one. Obviously, you're getting more catches and receptions if you're a tight end and a wide receiver. Maybe not, but uh, I think that's the way people think of PPR a little bit more in those two positions. But the running back's just so, it it just pays dividends because it turns guys that are already getting a ton of touches and looks into supermen. Um, And a guy, who's a guy, what I'm going to ask you guys, who's a guy that you think is going to increase heavily from what he's been doing in catches um, lately or in the past one or three years? And uh, my guy... For all the reasons that I've been reading from Arians uh, all offseason is, I mean, basically, you look at Ellington last year. Ellington had 57 targets and 39 catches. He had a touchdown, which I think was an 83-yard yeah. or something. Long one. Uh, long one. But if he, if he had that many targets last year, and, and you're sitting there with Ellington at 57 targets, I mean, I think that number doubles this season. I mean, literally, I think he gets into that strategy. Eh, you know, maybe not that. But I think he gets much, much closer to 100 targets than a lot of other guys. And when you look at the numbers from last year, the highest targets I'm seeing out there is 77. T- targets for for a running back. No, huh? Jamal Charles, no, 104. Jamal Charles at 104. Matt Forte, Forte at 95. 95. Sorry, I was looking at the reception. Darren Sproles, 104. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, but I think he's going into that zone. I think he, don't, what do you guys I, think? I, I do too. I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Ellington definitely jumps, makes, makes that big jump. I mean, first of all, he's going to get a lot more playing time as is. Uh, but, but second of all, they've already said they want to get him in space. The best you. way to get a guy in space is those little dump-off screens, you know, the, the little uh, hooks over the, button hooks over the middle, uh, shit like that. that Ellington's going to be used that way, and it's, it's definitely going to see an uptick. Uh, I mean, it, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't that, that small of a number for him last year. I mean, last year, even, you know, not even playing all that much, he got 57 targets, 39 it's catches. It's a lot. I, I could definitely see that coming close to, to doubling. Mm-hmm. I, I really could. I, I agree with you. Who's, who's the guy you think, Houdini? You know, an, an interesting guy. Um, not flashy by any sense of the me- uh, uh, any way you look at him. Rashad Jennings. Um, he's going to be the main guy there in New York. There's really... I don't know what David Wilson's going to be. I don't know if there's really... That much else. He did a lot in basically only about half a season in, in Oakland. He had 47 targets. He had 36 catches last year. You know, when you look at it, you know, I would just say like 40 targets. If you only have 40 catches uh, or less, it, you're really not PPR viable anyway. It doesn't make that much of a difference to me. So last year he was in that PPR not viable if you look at him on a whole season but if you look at some of his game logs and you see what he was doing he was actually very PPR viable yeah so now you put him into a, into a full season he's going to have a much better offense playing around him in New York than he did have in uh, in, in hands Oakland down. hands down at every spot at every position right so now it's going to allow him to have a little bit more freedom not to have to you know have anybody focusing on him i'm expecting him those 47 targets 
Let's say that's going to go up to 75 targets, and now he's going to become a 55 to 60 catch guy. Wow. Then he becomes, in PPR, and a guy who you're getting at a deeper value in, in drafts sure. anyway, but just because no one's going to be going, oh, i got to have Rashad Jennings. Because i got to have Rashad. i got to get me some Rashad Jennings. Not going to happen. More cowbell, please. I'm going to tell you, I agree with what you said. I think the, the beauty about that, and it might be the killer's kiss for him, though, are those huge Manning, Peyton, uh, Eli Manning games. Now, I think it helps. I think what you're talking, the argument for PPR is no question. It's going to go up. He's going to get a ton of opportunities. But for his opportunities and his success rate, I think, um, I could see him being uh, highs and lows well, for no, big games. Well, but PPR... That whole team, is, is, yeah. how can you count on anything right now? With Eli, what he's done over the past two seasons, you can't... I'll tell, you, I'll tell you no, what. He'll win a Super Bowl MVP this I'll, year. I'll, 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 it'll always, of course. D-Rex is a lot closer than you think to, in your comment right there. First of all, they're switching offenses. Everything is going to be completely different. It used to be where they, they'd have the wide receivers go out and they'd have to make the reads. It would, and you put those young receivers out there, uh, you know, whether it be Randall or a dis, you know, dis, it was a breakdown defense. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, King Nix or Cruz, who was banged up half the half the year basically. Anyway, on try and put them on the same page with with Manning, um, especially with having to work long routes and everything and stuff like that. Very tough to do, and it was a very tough offense to learn, and a, a very tough offense to make work work correctly. This year, it's going to be a quick hitch. A lot of quick, quick passes where it's not, you know, wide receiver reads. It's the quarterback reads. It's real quick, set, set in stone. Let your talent perfect. make the play. Perfect what? for guys like like Cruz, for Ruben Randall, for uh, the new the, the new guy that they got uh, in, in the draft. Beckham, uh, be- uh, Beckham, and and even uh, Jarrell J- uh, Jernigan if he gets in the mix too. It's going to be ah. perfect for those guys. I want to ask that question too. That's we, for we, our we, sweet we, we pondered over uh, while you were gone. Yeah. Uh, one of our things where we came to, we were discussing New York, and it was the effect of Odell Beckham, and, and was, we knew that you were very high on Jarrell Jernigan before uh, they drafted Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted, we were, we were curious where you And that you both were, were, both are high on Ruben Randall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Both uh, of you guys right right now. still high on Ruben Randall. Yeah. I, Randall um, started off, and there was a, it was a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, press speak and a, a lot of the shit going around. That he was uh, not doing so well, and he wasn't working in very Recently, well. The, this offseason, they're wrong. Yeah, this offseason, they're wrong. Everything I've heard lately coming out of camp, real camp, actually things happening is he's been doing awesome and he's yeah. been lighting it up. So don't get off the Randall train. The guy is going to be just fine. As as it is for uh, Jarrell Jernigan, Beckham obviously puts a huge dent in that possibility. There's uh, obviously there's injury possibilities, and Jernigan's been doing well in camp as well. But Beckham looks good, um, and there's you know only three spots to be starting. Jernigan looks like he's going to be the fourth guy at this point. He's a guy to keep an eye on for late in drafts. He's somebody you can get super late in the draft yeah. to get a steal on him. And if he too. does get in there, he's going to be a gem because him and Eli work really well together, and he's perfect for this system. But at this point, you're absolutely right. Beckham is uh, is a guy to be thinking about ahead of him. But I will say this: what I just was making a, a, a note to myself because I'm in the process of writing the handcuff piece. Houdini's um, yeah, got a bunch of notes written on his arm. So, so I wrote I wrote this, <laughs> uh, the note I wrote is Jernigan because Jernigan is in, in, the, in the new and this is kind of like a, a like a little pyro uh, sidebar. This is something that's going to be in the draft kit. So um, awesome, yeah. uh, and it's. How do you look at handcuffs now, right? Because handcuffs are not the traditional handcuff where you just got to have the backup. It's now this could be the situation. You you draft a uh, 
oh, Victor Cruz, or you drafted uh, Ruben Randall, and then people are thinking, oh, well, so uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is the is the handcuff. No, because you know what, people are still going to reach for him as a high drafted rookie. Yeah. But if you are, if you draft any of those three, though, you want to know what? Jarrell Jernigan's your handcuff. Absolutely. Because no if what, all it takes now. Think about this, because this is how, and this is how everything has changed. Because it used to just be you had two wide receivers on a team back in the day. Now, no, you start three wide receivers all the time, and three wide receivers are viable in fantasy football. And, and, and you can have a third wide, a wide receiver three that's a wide receiver four on their NFL team, and still be awesome. We've seen it two, three years ago, two years ago with the Randall Cobb. Absolutely, it's very true. And, and another thing with the Giants specifically, they're moving Cruz back to the inside permanently. Right. They're going to put Beckham and Randall on the outsides and have Cruz work the, work the slot. If Cruz happens to be the one that goes down, Jernigan is slots right in. If it happens to be one of the other guys, they move Cruz outside and Jernigan still stays inside. It's a perfect situation for, for somebody like a Jernigan late in drafts. And that's what's great about this uh, handcuff piece that, that, that I'm creating is that it's taking this into effect. It's looking at... Look at the big groupings. There are multiple guys that you could have drafted, and this is a handcuff for any of those guys. It doesn't just mean that, you know, just it's this one guy. Now, with running backs and such, a lot of times, yes, it's going to be the, the one-off. But wide receivers, it's Well, think about open. this. Dogmatica, four years ago, you took, uh, with your last pick of the draft, uh, Victor Cruz. Yep. Three years ago, I took him with the last pick of my draft. You were one season too early. got yep. banged up in preseason. That preseason, he was lighting it up. Yep. I... Just traded him probably too early, but I found the the raves and in, in the, in the rewards in another league, and the guy's awesome. Isn't Jernigan the the, the guy uh, that, that could provide that kind of last pick value could. this year? I mean, you you look at what he did in over the last five weeks. He was a top five wide receiver in fantasy it's over insane. the last five weeks of the season, which is insane, insane to think about. Absolutely insane to think about, especially with how bad Eli and the Giants were playing. No one else was scoring yeah. and was doing anything. I mean, how's that I think, possible? I think Victor Cruz kind of, and he made his money. He's going to have a great life in New York. He's kind of like, um, he's had his time, but I think he's, he's only been in the league. No, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Like 25. No, I'm he's, telling you right now. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. It is. His, his magic, his, <laughs> he sold his soul to the devil, got himself a few great years, made a bunch. Of, he, he's, he's done. I mean, this guy's magical plays, and him, 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 him making those huge eighty-yard touchdowns, where just yeah. these like serendipitous plays, where he's like tipping stuff, and like, yeah, those, that, those that days, anymore, those days are done. Yeah, he's not going to be the guy. Give you that. Over the his I don't first, think he's three, done, his his first three years in the season, a lot of huge plays. Oh yeah, zero That's huge right. plays from this point on, in my opinion. Yeah. So I still had like what ten touchdowns last well, year. Well, no, no, but like you know, in only twelve games. Yeah, but I, I know what D-Rex is saying because it's... it's I don't think he's don't... I mean, I, I want wanted my team to value there, but I'm just saying this... Victor Cruz has been like a wide receiver two the last two years. Maybe a low-end wide receiver one in people's eyes. True. It has been. Here, Take him way out of that zone. Right. Well, I look at him... He's one of those guys like it's like a Deshaun Jackson, right? Who had the one blow up, and otherwise it's without the speed and elusiveness. But I, I just I look at these guys and I, I just see I see Victor Cruz is, and I understand what you're saying is the guys that have those those, those long touchdowns is that you're not going to get it every year. So you understand that he can still do that sometimes, but if he disappears, it may be two lull seasons, and then it's going to be a breakout season. So for dynasty leagues, he's a horrible guy to own. Because all he does is tempt you, taunt you, and and screw you. Well, I mean, and in the wrong way. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like those Cleveland bartenders. I like them. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Because there ain't no such thing as bad pussy. Because <laughs> if the ladies here tonight think they got a bad pussy, I'd like to see you after the show. I'd like to give a second opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> well, speaking of this, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here, and this is gonna probably offend everyone. It, it offends me a little bit too. Whenever I hear Jer, Jer, Jernigan, I always think of Jergens. And to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, I'm just gonna tell you, my mom, I guess, used Jergens lotion when I was growing up. Oh boy. And this is, uh, this is not I'm not gonna go too deep to go. into it or anything like that, but I'm gonna be honest. At least on about three occasions, I heard about. Who's using all my Jergens lotion? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm jerking oh, my Jergens. You got to go out for a walk, Brister? Let's go. Let's go. You look like you got a shit. <laughs> I was wondering when you were talking about how I just got sudged all over. It's confessional oh, yeah. at Pyromania. I mean, literally, I'd be like, Saul can look like, oh, jeez. I got to, I got to, okay, put it on the list. Go to refill, re marry the bottles, marry bottles of Jernigan's if you're having a bad week. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like putting water back in the liquor. I mean, what are you going to put in? I'll get, I'll get one of those funnels like they got for oils and, and engines. I don't care what it is. You if I had gone back, you I would have got to buy your own. Good point. No, because <laughs> where am I going to hide it? You, where am I going to hide it? You have a room? Oh, what are you talking about when he's, you know, what, what are you, 10, 12, 13 years old or something? All like the above. Well, I, I had hiding places for everything. Yeah, you want the solution, use the Jergens, jerk it back in the bottle, nothing's lost. Oh, perfect way, perfect way. Back to the, oh, right, back that was to the like subject. Caddyshack 2 right there. Oh, my God. Back to the subject at <laughs> hand, the Giants. The Giants are going to be... A much better team than people think this year. Just because they sucked last year does not mean they're going to suck again this year. They, that's one thing that you have to remember in fantasy to have a very short memory. Things change like that, like so quickly. Getting back to even more of the subject at the hand, running backs. Well, who's your guy? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly where I'm going. There's two. I like backs. that team. That's the most we talked about the Giants all offseason. I like that. <laughs> I'm telling you, things are changing there, and I like it. I actually, I like an Adrian Robinson too. He's growing into that role. He's a big freakish tight end that has the, one of the. He's got one of those like you know he's the, the the Vernon Davis freaks you know who can run like the wind yet can lift a car over his head you know he's one of those type of. Don't get me started on Vernon Davis. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I thought you were talking about getting cars lifted over your head. Who's your guy, Don? Jernigan. Uh, all right, two guys. They're big names, but these are guys that are going to be huge. I think in PPR as well, simply because. Of not just the system, but of changes of, uh, that's gone on within their their uh, specific teams. First of all, Adrian Peterson, North Turner. What has he done in the past with running backs? He's had his Darren Sproles there. He's had his Ladainian Tomlinson there. Even when you throw him in, in Cleveland last year, they barely ran the. They, they just kept throwing the ball, and all those running backs, those weird running backs combined, they had there. They put up a ton of catches. All of them combined. You know, people were picking up a guy like Agmanaya simply because he was making a ton of catches out of the, out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, another guy to mention, I know AP is going to have a stellar year anyway, but he's going to have yeah, 40, more, ta look, 40 targets. 40 yeah. targets is all in. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, if you remember back into his rookie season, you know, he actually. I, I, 
He had uh, no, it was, it was uh, 2009. He had he had 43 receptions, 57 targets. That's the most he's had. Yeah, he's gonna. It's gonna go up. You know, people were, people were talking about Jamal Charles, how he had barely had any receptions before. You know, barely any targets. He was never used that way. All of a sudden, last year, led the league in fucking targets. And all, you know, had, had 70 receptions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and seven touchdowns, no less. And the so championship that, game, what did he have? Four long touchdown catches? Yeah, in, for, in for Super Bowls? Yeah, in not, week 16? Not, not, yeah, not the actual playoffs, but fantasy. Fantasy, fantasy, no, fantasy, fantasy championship. championship. That's fantasy fantasy championship. If you had Jamal on your team, you won the Super Bowl. Pretty much. It, it was insane. So that's what. That's another thing with the short memory. That was memory. a dud the week before. Just because Jamal Charles had not made catches before doesn't mean he's not going to make catches for the rest of his career. Right. You switch a system, you switch things around a little bit, everything changes. Oh, so that's Adrian Peterson. The next guy, Monty Ball. Yes. Monty Ball is yes. going to be huge PPR next uh, next year. Look at what Noshawn Moreno did. Yes. 74 targets, 60 catches. Jeez. That was yes. for Noshawn. Right. Monty Ball himself had 27 targets and 20 catches. Very efficient for both of those guys. You add them together, that's 80 fucking catches on 101 targets. Yeah. Noshawn's not there anymore. And not, yes, and, and and Hill, and Hill, they're not going to let Hillman end uh, Manning's career. No, no we'll think of yeah, it this exactly. Way. Hillman will be in there some, and he'll get some of it. But Monty Ball can catch that ball, and he will absolutely be a PPR giant next year. You watch. I love it. I love yep. it. Awesome. Any other guys that you, you want to mention that are that are that are you know coming up? Well, I just want to also mention definitely not Mike Goodson who was cut. Hold on, who was cut today? Hold on, okay, go ahead and talk about especially because it's Peyton Manning. Okay, you looked at like even guy like Edron James, right? Who toward the end of his years when he went in Arizona, he wasn't getting any receptions or any of the targets. He was getting a ton of receptions and targets in his first years there. You remember Joseph Adai? He was also getting a lot of catches and stuff. So this is uh, what you can understand. Peyton puts these guys in positions to succeed. So Monte is going to have a huge jump. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you other thing. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. The one guy I'm going to mention before I go into my other thing is Shane Vereen. Yeah. Yeah. Eight games. Look at how many. 69 69 targets. targets. Eight games. Absolutely. Danny Wood has not there. I mean, so if you're in PPR and That's you think Vereen's going to be uh, going to stay healthy, he's going to get a near century mark uh, targets. Well, hey, an- another guy who can catch the ball. Um, it, uh, granted, it's a strange situation. You don't usually take guys on this team, but I mean, Maurice Jones Drew had 60 targets last year. Wow. You know, 43 catches coming out of the backfield, and he was kind of banged up and wasn't used that often. You know, I mean, he was kind of, I don't yeah. want to say a timeshare, but he just wasn't used that often. Toby Gerhardt is going to get the lion's share of everything there. You love watch, he'll, he'll have somewhere around yeah. 55 receptions. I love year. it. I like it, Gerhardt. I think where you're going to get that little whitey, you're going to be you're going to be happy with him. Uh, Mike Goodson, quick thing what I was t- uh, talking about. The Jets caught him. You knew this was happening. He's probably going to jail. Uh, he's going to go to jail. Um, he basically got injured last year. He signed a... Three-year deal. Then he got suspended for doing drugs. Then the, the long and short. Then he tore his knee apart. But the long and short of it, the, I read like the uh, the police report on what happened. Basically, in the middle of a major highway, he stopped his car with his homie. Mm-hmm. They had a semi-automatic gun in the car. But he, he was in the passenger seat. I don't. Maybe. Yeah, he maybe. was in the passenger. He was. Yeah. But listen. 
He had barfed on himself. So he had thrown up. These guys are both passed out in the middle of a major highway in New Jersey. He had barfed on himself. He had, hold on. He had a semi-automatic weapon loaded with a hollow uh, bullet. Oh, hollow point tip. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> with cop killers. That's what they're called. Oh, cop my killers. God. Hey, buddy, I have a, a hunch. No one's going to be calling your name anytime so soon to join their team. It was the middle of the highway? Car have, stopped. Have you remember? Two guys passed out. You guys out. remember, Cheech and Chong, up yeah. in smoke. They, he's driving all snowing, and then the cop comes over, and he, he's like, Stacey you know, normally I, pull, normally I pull people over. No, this is not the one where he's uh, getting stoned. This is the, okay. the, and, uh, and he goes, and they're pulled over in the middle of the road. And that's when Chong leans over and goes, he goes, what's your friend's name? And then Chong pukes in his head and goes, this says name is Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. He wouldn't even have to change his name for a nickname in jail either. Oh, oh he's yeah. just a real good son. Good son. son. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good Give me that son. mic. That's real Give me that good mic. Son. <laughs> that's real good, son. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Another guy I wouldn't mind. Another guy I wouldn't mention as long as you're mentioning jail. Uh, as long as you're mentioning gonna, cute guys. He's not going to go to jail, but he's going to be suspended. Something's going to happen to him. Uh, Bernard Pierce is going to have some catches. Making up for what Ray oh, Rice yeah. was yeah. Ray Rice is getting spent. You know, Ray Rice is getting spent. What is it? Three to six? What do you think? Uh, yeah, he'll probably get yeah four, yeah, four or five, six games, somewhere around there. Him and, and, he met with, he him met and his with wife, all this his wife met with Goodell. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, she when said, Pierce walks into that role and she said to Goodell, "Don't suspend him for four weeks. He gonna slap me silly." <laughs> <laughs> I need him to get out of the house. There's a lot of away games in the early season. Come on, you saw what happened to me after four floors. Silly, I love it. Yeah, he got. Good to have you back, dog. <laughs> it is good to have you back. But also, Bernard, he had the opportunities last year, didn't seize the moment. He had worse yards per carry last year than Ray Rice did. He had torn his rotator cuff yeah. two games into the season. He was All right. playing. I'll buy another one of these guys. This no, like I mentioned season. earlier, playing, we loved him. Playing no, playing yeah. hurt though. We without without anyone knowing how hurt he was. Yeah. Do you but remember yeah, when we got was, him? He's and still then, on that rookie contract. Right. Now it's starting to get towards time where he's looking towards a contract. He's going to have we had him in the uh, Magic Man's League, and we're like, that guy's going to be the steal. And we, f- so many, le- so many players and so many positions, he bit us in the ass, big time. I wanna, well, so Bernard Pierce bit us in the ass, but I want to give you another guy the next year that I like. Another Bernard, a Giovanni Bernard. Oh, absolutely. You know, you look at him last year, and and we liked the inside game. Yes, we are. I'm high on Jeremy Hill. Coming in, and he's already taken over as the in that second role. So they are they are looking at the future. This is their backfield. Jeremy Hill is going to be their 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 hammer, and Geo can do all of it though. That's the other thing. It's not that Geo is going to lose a ton of carries. It's that he's going to get more receptions and he's going to get a lot more targets because they're going to have a lot of times where uh, they're going to run offenses where they're going to have both of these guys on the field at the same time. Um, which is different than what they did uh, in his rookie season. So he did very good last year, too. It was a 71 uh, targets last year. Um, I-, I could easily see him be getting closer to 85, 90 targets this year. I could, too. Absolutely. Well, you know, that Forrest Snow, one of our favorite guys, he actually sent an email the other day and said thanks for the shout-out uh, a few podcasts ago, and we had some fun with him. But uh, 
Forrest Snow is a guy that's give, given me some grief. He, he asked me a question. He's like, what's D-Rex talking about some of the, sometimes? And we love you. I think you're right. I, I think I've done a better job lately. But I just want to round it out for you, Forrest, who, when I got an email from it was from Gina Snow. So, Forrest, get your own email address. Pull it together, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big boy. Hop on over to Gmail. I bet you can come up with a construct. <laughs> <laughs> but the long and short of it is here's what I'm going to do for you, Forrest. I'm going to give you my own little consulting. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you who I am drafting in PPR leagues, a running back next year. And it starts with the one and only Alfred Morris. <laughs> He's gonna double his output from last year. He absolutely will. <laughs> he, no, he will. In that new system, he is going to double his output. He's gonna have what seven catches, eight catches now? Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, he might get yeah. twelve. Yeah. yeah it could, it could okay, my other guy, Garrett Blunt. Great, great catcher. <laughs> PPR. I'm gonna round this one out, and I don't care what you say about Giovanni. I mean Ben Jarvis. The law firm. The law firm. The law firm's a, catching so many cases he doesn't know what to do. Absolutely. He's, put, he's putting right. these guys behind bars. Those are my guys. I got, I got one more Just for you. I got, no, no. I got one more. Chris Ivory. Seven targets last year. Two catches. Two catches. <laughs> was it, that, that, that was in half and one half, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was in a half of a game? Well, the pretty, yeah, truth is, that guy's name, and I, I, I watched fantasy information on all these different shows. There is not a guy who's done less in fantasy football whose name is still brought up, even by us on last year, not necessarily this year, but last on a regular basis when it comes to opportunity in fantasy football than that guy. I think he's done less in fantasy to get more fantasy it was mind last share. Year. But the year before that, the year before last year, he was still fourth string on New Orleans. But he he always so would, we didn't really talk about problem, him much the, the, then, but. He would come in though. He'd have a great week. Yeah, he would have, have a great, great. No, no, and then you have a great half of the next week, and then you get hurt because you ran so hard. Yeah, he's and just he is a hard. He's runner. a violent runner. Yeah, I wouldn't absolutely. even call him a hard runner. He's a violent runner. Yeah, and violent to himself. <laughs> <laughs> he's running like he's got dementia or something. <laughs> well, let's 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 move this a little. Let's move move this a little bit towards and we'll, we'll keep the conversation loose and flowing. It's all good. But let's talk about how you guys. When you're in a uh, in a PPR league, how much does that sway your tiers? You're working on your tier sheet, and how do you go about integrating? And maybe while you're describing this, you know, maybe we're just being too out. Give a little bit of history with what one of you got, what you guys have done with PPR, and times that you've disregarded the catch factor and what it's done to you, and other times when you go all catch and and you know, how do you construct a team? You know, maybe save that last part because I think it's kind of a question that we're going to do in the mailbag a little bit later in the show. But just go in and just talk to you about PPR and tiers. When you're doing te- your tiers for a PPR league, how much does it change from a non-PPR tier? Well, it definitely changes, but for how? me, it's I, I, I don't I don't look at it and go, oh, i got to figure out this. It's the easiest and the first step that I do is I know who are the guys that are not PPR guys. Yeah. Okay, and I start moving. And I just I list them. 
And so you just, you, what you do is you, you group them all together for me, and I, and I look at them all, and so I'm like, okay, so if I'm looking at running backs. The guys we were just mentioned there, Alfred Morris. Right. You know, like a LeGarrette Blunt, you know, or Chris Ivory, guys like that. They just don't. Mike Tolbert, um, you know. You well, know. I mean, Tolbert will catch some passes here yeah. and there, but he's. You know, Tolbert's a good, no, no, well, yeah, Tolbert's, Tolbert, but again. Yeah, but that's all he's got. It, it's 30, yeah, I'm 32, very happy you're discrediting my, 32, my He had 32 targets <laughs> last year. 32 targets and 20, 27 catches. But still, that's less than two catches a game. So in PPR terms, that's the other thing. You have to realize <coughs> where that where the demar- line of demarcation is, right? Line of demarcation for the Verde. Mother beer spill. Look at you, man. You're getting. I'm trying to get sound. I guess I'm not doing it the right. You're a way. violent beer opener. Yeah, I, I'm trying to get sound. Dogs cans. You had such a great sound to them. <laughs> Trying to bring bring the sound to the mix. Oh, I might have a way to bring back some sound. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll do that on my next one. How about that? All right, all right. So let me get back to this whole point. When you're looking at like say uh, even running backs, wide receivers, it doesn't matter. It, think about it this way: there are 16 games in a season. So if a guy's only going to get you 50, 40 catches, what's that PPR? It's only like you know we're talking two a game. And so don't feel like you need to downgrade a guy because he's only getting you know. 20 targets on the season. It doesn't matter. He's, he's just the same as these guys who are getting 40 targets or 50 targets. So, but the guys who are those high-end guys, that's where the separation comes in. So where it really comes into is when we talked about a Darren Sproles. You talk about a Danny Woodhead. You talk about a Pierre Thomas. You talk about those guys vault up. Then when you have the top guys who are like a Jamal Charles and last year was a Matt Forte who I was on, very high on. We were pretty very high on here. Uh, knowing what he was going to do in Mark Tressman's system from what we saw from Charlie Garner, yeah, those guys go up. So first thing that you do is, and like, for example, we know with Vernon Davis, uh, who's Mr. Did a lot with not a lot of targets. It was all touchdowns, not a PPR guy. Now, I, I, now to, to add to that, I do have a bit of a warning for you with that. When you're moving guys up and you're moving guys down, you, you look at it and you're like, man, fucking... Uh, Alfred Morris, he catches nothing. Stevon Ridley, you know, uh, Chris Ivory, those guys, they catch nothing. And you want to move them down like 15, 20 spots or something like that. Well, he's that. saying you don't, don't do that. Exactly. Right. Don't say you don't. That's what I'm okay, saying. Okay. Exactly. It's just, uh, this is the big warning that you really got to pay attention to. The difference in PPR from, re- you know, regular standard scoring for Alfred Morris, six spots. Right. That's it. Chris Ivory was like, I think, 10, ten spots. Uh, but he had a pretty bad year regardless. Uh, uh, Ridley was only like nine spots. Don't go overboard. You can't go overboard. Even with the guys who are moving up. You know, you know, Eddie Lacy is a perfect example. Eddie Lacy was a top ten running back. Uh, he was sixth in standard. And he was seventh in PPR. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, he, so he, when you and, and the other, the only other guy in the top ten that that was real, that actually had less catches and targets, I don't know, it was uh, Marshawn Lynch, right? You know where it's the same thing where where they're bringing so much in the touchdown and the running. Don't let that lack of catch all of a sudden turn him into something less. Let, right. let it be. Guy, let it move guys still, into a higher zone a lot more. Let him let let guys that catch move into a higher zone much more than guys that are elite exactly. getting dropped down. Such right. as your Woodhead, such as your Shane Vereen, guys like that. Sproles, obviously when. You know, on New Orleans, it's going to be a little different on Philadelphia, but he still should get some. Bishop Sankey. 
You know? Don't you think Bishop Sanko? Oh, he's going to be you huge. Like, you like it's Giovanni be, Bernard? Yeah. Don't you think just oh, for, for targets and touches and just I, I have it's going to be ridiculous. You know who they're going to use a lot there? I think they're going to use Dexter McCluster. I understand, but, but Dexter McCluster, they're right now. He's this, a wide receiver. That's right, the thing. He's labeled as a wide receiver. Where, you're, that, la- where your specific league. Uh, you know, I know. Their site says wide receiver. No, no. I was on one and it was CBS initially put him back at running back. And now I think he's back at wide receiver. Their site says wide receiver. You got to pay attention. To that one for sure, but you know, again, so and let's be honest, I want to McCluster. We know what he is. Yeah, he's gonna have a few good games. He's gonna return whatever. I'm gonna tell but you, don't this is him. yeah. This I'm is a, this right is a Bishop Sankey though. He's going to be. They're gonna give him every opportunity to be the second coming and hopefully a better career with yeah. them than a Chris Johnson because uh, Sean Green is one of those guys that also does not catch passes at all. And Sean Green is going to get a lot of first series, and he's going to be like four carries for six yards, and they'll be like, uh, so glad we drafted Bishop Sankey in the second <laughs> round. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get all that much, because right, like, Sean Green is banged up, and he's got, you know, just sucks. Here, here's why I really want to make what, what, what Dog <laughs> well, was sorry saying. Sorry, Iowa. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I understand. He didn't catch there either. Um, yeah. The thing about what you were trumpeting what I was my line of yeah. demarcation because here's the point there were only 13 running backs last year that had over 52 receptions or 50, over 50 receptions um, you know there were only five of them that had over 70 receptions so knowing that once you got down and then you think about it this way everything is divided on based on divided by 16 games so what are they average okay so that's where you're kind of looking at so a guy who's you know, uh, uh, unless you get a guy like Shane Vereen, who those averages were, were spiked, those are the ones that you know are going to be extremely higher. Cool. Well, we just covered why, uh, running backs really, really well, and that's friggin' awesome. And again, if you guys have any questions, hit us up on the Second Opinions. Go on Facebook.com, man. The, the discussions there have been great lately, and I know it's because we're promoting it and giving the pyro promo on this podcast. Guys, please, the likes have been awesome. I think we've gotten like 25 likes in the last week. Like, yeah, it's been people, uh, You guys, I appreciate it. We've been saying, hey, very, go, very hit cool. it, go hit us up over at Facebook, and you've been doing it. So if you're listening and you haven't done it, go over there, join the discussion. I'm asking questions. You can ask questions, and it's a great venue for uh, to talk fantasy football. Second Opinions is another one. If you have any questions about running backs and PPR, please let us know. Um, but let's move over to uh, wide receivers. But before we do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to intersperse some PPR mailbag questions that come via Facebook. Uh, you know, I basically posted and said, hey, we're natural, gonna, we, yeah, asking them to pull out a mailbag. I said, hey, we're doing a mailbag uh, for PPR tonight. What are some questions you want to see? And the first one we'll do is uh, uh, one of our new uh, fave guys. This guy's awesome. Always, always having a good time and talking with us on Facebook. Uh, basically, his question, Tyler Field. This is. Thanks, Tyler, for the question. Really awesome. Appreciate it. Is do or should QBs lose value compared to standard leagues since they can't receive like running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends? Basically, do quarterbacks lose value when you're doing PPR leagues because PPR points don't happen for them? (laughs) And that's a very valid question. Houdini. Yes! 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 Right? Because the differential is less. Absolutely. There's, that's a no-brainer. you got to be aware of this because, again, 
this is then where it really becomes important where, where uh, you know, you're looking at the top guys. Okay, well, here you can make an argument for But when you're into, you know, you're drafting quarterbacks, you know, let's say you're in a, a deeper league. You're in a 12 or a 14 or a 16-team league. So you're waiting and you're drafting the 8th to 12th or so quarterback. Um, yeah, you know what? You, you're probably much better served grabbing a bunch of wide receivers or, or a couple or a running back in those particular slots ahead of it because of the points that they're going to produce and because, again, this is where you have to understand, too. Where is the differential in points at your current position? So at the quarterback position, after you have like the big break from, from your Mannings, your Breezes, and your Rodgers, it's it, it it's a lot more it, it is it's closer there, there are clusters so you're gonna have like a cluster from I think it's about like quarterback four through like seven or eight and then there's then it drops a little bit and then you have another cluster and then it drops again so you you understand where those are but the difference between in those clusters of those four or five guys that's where you got to be able to say okay I don't care I'm gonna get any of these five guys because they're all gonna be in that particular partner but these, that jump in points these, that you're that, getting they, but, from the but, but, PPR. Especially with certain players and and, and, and especially And those players are gonna be up. Let close. me give it this is a great strategic value. <clears throat> yeah. Think of it this way of undervalued guys in normal standard leagues. And you're playing in a PPR league, okay? So guys like the Danny Woodhead, guys like the Pierre Thomas or whatever. Guys like Val Verde. There we go. God, he's good at that. That's what I was going to do. I got to go for the uh, that's the lighter. The, the, right. Lighter option. This thing sucks. Yeah, it's been can't crushing me for can't weeks. Can't do that. I'm out. I'm on lighters. Um, so those are the guys that you need to target, not to, to overdraft, but to just be aware of and know that wow, everyone's not targeting this guy. Maybe you take him. Maybe you're taking him one round early or half round early, but it's worth it because you know that the PPR impact is there. Well, it's true. You know, there's a lot of a lot of quarterbacks, and they don't benefit you in this scoring format. So I think that tells you without fail that quarterbacks drop. I, well, I mean, I mean, if you want to get the elite guy and you're building the team, don't change your whole strategy on anything. But if you're not going to go for a quarterback too high, or you know, I'm not I'm not saying bump them back and, and wait till the tenth round to get a quarterback, but also at the same time, I'd rather oh. walk out of the first three rounds with a pass catching but also a running running back. If it's not Aaron if it's not uh, Jimmy Graham, then I don't really worry about the tight end position, although I do think Pitt will be great with all the targets he'll get for PPR this year. Um, but I'd like to walk out of there with the wide, two wide receivers that are getting a lot of catches and are awesome, anyways. Yeah, the same I mean, guys I was going for last year. There's actually, I mean, there's actually a couple of tight ends that are that are worth throwing there. But I mean, to, to get to the quarterbacks again, like as Houdini was saying, sure, guys like your Manning, you know, and Breeze and and Rogers, those guys are still way the fuck up there. Yeah, way the and they're still up. way the fuck up there above everybody else. But what this means is, again, what Houdini's saying, you can wait a lot longer to take that quarterback. You said tenth round. I'm not afraid to wait till 10th round. If I if I'm in a 10 man league, I have no problem waiting to the 10th round. And you want who you got you for like a Dalton or a Romo no, or like Jesus. a Cutler or those guys. First of all, I would I wouldn't take Romo with a fucking 10 foot pole this year. We know that. And I, I like you guys. Know that. <laughs> you Welcome know. back. <laughs> uh, yeah, no no Romo for for this. So I want to make another uh, uh, thing. I, I, you look at it here when you when you look at the <laughs> fantasy points scored. 
So there were 11 quarterbacks last year that scored under 300 but over 250. At the wide receiver position, there were only seven that scored in that same category. So this is saying, why are you reaching for one of those quarterbacks? You need to be reaching for one of these wide receivers. Yeah, because that that separation is that much bigger. And the separation, again, as we said, it's, it's the conjunctive jump down. We're not talking about 11. There were... Uh, so we're talking on, on quarterbacks. It's uh, well, we had uh, we had two that were over three hundred. So we had thirteen quarterbacks that scored over two hundred and fifty points. Yeah, you know what we should do? First, that's awesome. I'm going to give a pyro promo. We got EC in the mix, a new fella, smart guy from Utah that's doing some great stuff. He, he read Houdini's piece, RBRB Revisited. And basically loved it and loved the analysis and the, the, the approach that Houdini was doing. And then was like, you know what, this is great for running back. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go look at some of the other constructs and some of the other positions and wrap it a little bit more around uh, your draft position. And it is just an awesome piece. And this is, remember a few podcasts, if you're listening right now, me and Houdini <laughs> called out and said, hey, if you've got awesome content and ideas that you want us to write pieces about, or if you just want to tackle a piece and write it yourself, send it in and we'll post it. It's exactly what this guy did. He did. He's the only one that did it. Uh, and, and, and his, his well piece done. is up on the website right now. And it's friggin' awesome. And he's already working on a second piece because this guy's smart as shit and he's the exact kind of guy that we need to, uh, helping us craft these pioneering, jaw-dropping, no one else is even fathoming these in the, in the industry ideas. And that's what we're doing. We're not just going to give you this bullshit... Hey, here's here's how he's gonna do this week. Should be a great week for so and so and all this mumbo jumbo hearing ourselves talk. We're coming up with concepts that help you help train your mind in different ways and different data points to look at to help your tears. And this uh, this new piece is friggin' awesome. EC, thank you so I call much, man. Extra credit, baby. Extra credit. He's diving deeper. Right. Basically, <laughs> what he's starting out and doing is he's diving deeper. And his next piece is going to be another die, die, deep dive on a piece that we've done, but we did it in, with, with some blinders on, and he's going to open it up to all the positions and open it up to uh, other, other fantasy uh, thoughts that tangent off it. He's definitely earned extra credit with me. That guy's set. <laughs> I want to get back to the quarterback Let's thing do real it. quick. All right. You know, you, you were talking about like, who, who's, going to be for, who's going to be there for it? You know, 10th round. You know, when, when seven, eight, nine quarterbacks are all gone, you're, you know, nine teams are already taken. Can I say one thing before you go on? The reason why I mentioned that EC piece is that piece talks about the different positions that you go after. Yeah. And it's not PPR where maybe I, I should go back to him and say, hey, yeah, let's do this in PPR. PPR. Well. Yeah. But he's doing this quarterback, wide receiver, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. Wide, and they're showing the, the scoring and how you can benefit from those positions, which is all about what you're talking about now. Sorry. Yeah. And, no, that, I mean, that's something that we've been trying to do that I, I know I've been thinking about for years now is figuring out, and that's what everybody's wondering. There's got to be because it's... The, Based on numbers, fantasy is basically basically based on numbers. Well, there is PPR. Yeah, he did. He's got PPR. He did both. I'm I'm looking at D-Rex. I'm like, no, he did both. He did both. He's the best. No, he he did it. He he gives you the the uh, the averages PPR and standard. He did do that. Fuck that. I mean, I'm telling you right now, we're we're innovators. As is most other sites you see out there. Whatever they whatever they're doing now, it's because they followed what we did four or five years ago. And we have the proof in the pudding for most of the most of the things we're doing. This is another thing we are trying, and it's not easy to do. Believe me, if if it was easy to do, somebody would have done it by now. 
but we're the ones who are going to do it. Finding the formula to win. Yep. Finding the formula to win your league. And we're diving so deep that it's going to be found. We're going to find the way to do it. But that's, that's getting off subject. That stuff that EC is diving into right now that we've been trying to do. To, and Val. And Vietnamese geese. Oh, and the, tr- the truth is, on, on what you're saying is, is, you're so right. I mean, it's just, I basically am getting pieces from outside sources. And, and we've got, what, about seven guys that are writing for the site right now. Six guys. And I get opportunities and people wanting to write pieces that are just the same. Let me do my ranks. Let me let me do right. let me do uh, every, the easiest piece that everyone. Want. I'm not going to mention anybody's name, but there's been some people that, got, that have contributed to us. Or they're always like, "Let me do a stark a stock market value piece." Right. It's like, what the fuck is a stock? Oh, this guy's up. This guy's down. This guy's here because of that. Stock market pieces is like the fodder that you're getting on all these other bullshit sites, <laughs> and it's just like, what does that do? Okay, so he's up now. So I've got to read that piece the minute before my draft starts, and I'm going to base things on it? No. It's ridiculous. So there's no stupid filler content happening on Pyro, and Dogmatic has been coming up with mind-blowing content and, and concepts for six years now. I've been coming up with some great, great ideas and collaborating with you guys and collaborating with our other ideas because I won't settle for just getting content up in the site that yeah. talks about fantasy football. You come up with some amazing concepts in your, you know, your career year beware and just diving deeper deeper and doing it. And that's trickled down to our new blood that have read our pieces and listened to this podcast where we really dive deep in and are now kind of taking the torch and running with it and even doing more. It's like throwing gremlins in a friggin' pool of fantasy football mindshare. No, no, it's, it's also, it's, it's, ta- it's taking our model, and our model is the fisherman model. We are not giving you fish and feeding you for a day. We're teaching you to fish, and we're letting you be fed for a lifetime. We're giving you all the fantasy knowledge that you can want. We're giving you all the strategies that we use. We're, we're, we're giving it up, you know. All, all the people that we know can listen to our podcast, and they, they know what we're doing when we go into our leagues, and we still beat them. Here's the difference. We're doing what you just said to a T, but we're basically Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, and we got a shitload of money, which we don't have, but we got a shitload of technology, and we got a shitload of new concepts and approaches that change the landscape. We're not just throwing out some, 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 we're not teaching how to fish with the same equipment they were using 300 years ago. We're giving you the equipment that is actually coming out in 50 but, years. But, but, but the people that we've attracted are the people who have taken the same approach and are just taking it to the next level. That's what's amazing. So that's why we love our fans because our fans are the smartest fans out there because we go into this and we we love football more than anybody else and we just envelop ourselves in the stats and the history and everything involved in football and fantasy because it's awesome. I I got an email today and I haven't even forwarded this guy uh, this yet, but his email is... uh, Old English hero or something. I'm spacing it. I, I'm not able to look at my computer like these guys because I'm recording the podcast. But this guy's awesome, and basically told told me today that he's watched the the Dogmatica and D-Rex Tears video 21 times. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah. I don't know why. Just today, I've already watched it like 20 times, but today I just. I went over to the YouTube on your on your homepage with you and Dogmatic and D Rex Tears. 
I just wanted to watch it again. I, 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 think he, I, think, I think he might wish that we could put like a scratch and sniff for your beard on that one. Your beard, is, get, your beard might be longer. No, your beard was a lot longer than that. Oh, that, yeah. That was, that was not anymore. That's what I'm saying. Right. This is Oh, nothing. in that video. In that video. I should have redone the video before I shaved two weeks oh ago. Oh, my God. It was that, that thing. Twice the size of the one that's in that that's video. Like the, that's like I the brother. Did I? Was I bearded? You, no, no you, 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 you've you been out of way. You didn't see this thing. It had, like, birds and bird poo. Who's the guy from The Hobbit? The, the couple movies? The brother of the, the dude that goes around on little uh, rabbits? My beard basically looked like that guy. Oh, yeah, I know. I've got you. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty clean, clean looking. Yeah, you were clean shaven. Yeah. You were a clean shaven man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But that's pretty fun stuff. And, um, Sounds like he's on the, that's enough the plan. So I think. Where is this stuff? So, dog. You would just say we all. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. Quarterbacks. I, you know, you know, and this is another thing that I, I've, been, <coughs> I've been preaching for years. We've been preaching for years here that I, I can't stress enough, and I'm going to say it one more time today. Uh, I've said it. I said it earlier. The short memory thing, because you know who's going to be there in the tenth round that people have not right. taken. Somebody like a Matt Ryan's going to be there. Somebody like a Tom Brady. You know, there's going there are leagues where people are like, they suck now. Tom Brady's done. He can't do it without Gronk. Maybe Gronk's a little injured again. Uh, Matt Ryan sucks now, you know, or whatever. Uh, people, people are going to say, mean, Kaepernick's Capri- going to be there in some Cam leagues. Newton, Cam, Cam Newton. Newton will be there in some leagues. Dalton Russell well. Wilson will be Dalton. there in some leagues. You know, those guys are going to be there in some of these leagues. Dalton will be there in a he'll, bunch he'll of leagues, there. I guarantee you. Roethlisberger, we, you, you, we like what Roethlisberger, he can do. out of nowhere, 10th last year. Yeah. 10th. Okay, the guy being out in Romo and Foles, all the guys you're mentioning, Brady, you know, all those guys are going to be there. RG3 is going to fall to to me in that tenth round in, in a PPR league because I let him go because I let it go that far. That's that's all I'm saying. Back to receivers. Well, Back let's receivers, do one yeah. more. Let's do one more mailbag, okay, and, and then yeah. and then we'll we'll try and knock through. There's actually not too many. The funny thing is, I was like, yeah, questions for mailbag, Frank uh, Maniscalco. Who's, uh, who's I think he's, he told me one Man time. He's from uh, he's from Arlington Heights, you Chicago know, guy. You know good man. He's uh, the, no Manischewitz uh, all too well. All he's too a good well. man. This guy's the uh, I guess the Italian version of that. I would guess. Well, I hope uh, I hope he's a better version than Manischewitz yes. because that's that's <laughs> oh, I, I, oh. I love their I love their beats <laughs> and their uh, their beet juice. Manischewitz, let's let's say <laughs> it, for those of you who are not Jewish. The closest that you may have ever experienced to Manischewitz would be if you have had some Mad Dog 2020 grape wine. Which I used to drink, excuse me, sorry mom, before high school. Before like going out. Manischewitz or or Mad Dog 2020? Uh, As you say, it could have been either. (laughs) His name was Mad Dog, so I think it was probably both. Yeah, it probably was. And then for lunch, you would eat a tin of Kodiak dip. Yeah, no any joke, any, any yeah, wine? Yeah. Uh, Let's not talk about that one either. Let's move on. Let's, move on. Yeah. Let's not make this about you guys and your Manischewitz. Well, well you know what Manischewitz's first name was? Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys are great. But I, I asked a question on Facebook, and he's like, he he didn't ask a question. He gave his he gave his his opinions. So I like it. So we're gonna we're gonna put it out there. And this is from Franco. Franco says. No matter what, grab a top wide receiver in at least the second round. Be sure and grade the QB that's throwing to that wide receiver and not just the wide receiver himself. How are you going to grab the QB? What? 
I, I, it could have meant oh. upgrade too. I don't know. Make sure to grab you know, the grab QB. Or, yeah, and it, not it says no grade. grade. He says grade, but I think think it's, make, be sure to grab. Okay, because I copy and paste the grade the QB and not just the wide receiver. Well, Facebook may not always have yeah. the best. Hey, yeah. hey <laughs> Frank, Frank, you can edit. You can edit your post, buddy. Reread. Yeah, yeah, we You're on air. Fun. You're killing me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I thought what he was that. saying was he was like, hey, don't just look at the wide receiver that you want to go on top. Make sure the quarterback's good. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was thinking, but I think you're right. It might be a, a spell check where it said grab. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what that Frank, is. Frank, find out. said just yeah. before that, and, and make sure wait on a QB. He's at, and as we were saying here, yeah. wait on a QB. Oh, okay, so wait on the QB. <laughs> okay, wait on the QB. So it, it was great, the QB. He also said grab a top five tight end. This year with Gonzo gone, um, you may go earlier. You may go earlier on that. And I think we all agree. If I'm in the if I'm in the late first round and everything's going on and Graham's yeah. playing for the Saints and uh, I'm taking him. Although you got to make him. sure that Graham's a tight end. Yeah, he might be a wide receiver. You, you, you don't know. So I don't know if the NFL is going by Twitter or if, if they're, going they're going by, by Twitter. You're in luck. He's a tight end. <laughs> So, that, but yeah, that, so that, that's, and that's awesome. Then again, he says in the in the second post, he says, "And wait on QB. There are at least ten good ones." So basically, what he's saying is, grade the QB and make sure that the wide receiver you're taking is um, it has a good QB. So, all right, mind share from one of our Facebook uh, MVPs. Thanks, Franco. You're the man. All right, let's go. Let's talk about wide receivers. You know, I think that's the first position you really look to. Um, when you're talking about PPR and fantasy football, Cheetah man is the weirdest thing to see go chase something because you don't see nothing but dust. I saw two cheetah and it looked like they were talking about jumping on some gazelle. They go, you want to go after that herd? Say nah, man, they're too close. Yeah. Come on, we give them another hundred yards. How's the wife and family, man? You know, it's going to be tourist season soon. I got a arm last year. We're about far enough. You ready? <laughs> Val Verde. Double down. Vietnamese geese. I think I just, <laughs> suck. I think I just suck at opening beers these days. You do. Well, I don't know what it is. You were never a real no. smoker. It's a cider. No. Well, I'm good, at, I'm good at cracking. No, maybe it's cider, but I don't think it's that... It's icy. There's ice in the beer. There's I got the I got the Titanic in the bottom. It's not even beer. It's not even. I'm drinking a, beer. a Magners Irish right. cider. So is that carbonated? Bollamers. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. All right. You never had one of my ciders? I don't drink the cider crap. Yeah, no. You drink the Imperial Stouts. Yes, I do. Carbonated. With Amen. And, and Dogmatica's got the Bombers Stella hey. Atois. Still, you need, a, you need to upgrade. You you really about, you're talking about upgrade. Yeah. We went from. PBR to Stella oh, Artois. Well, we, we, gotta, we have stepped up in the world because I was just watching an episode of your favorite show, South Park. And, Shit. And, uh, he hates that South Park. That was a joke. Yeah, he hates South Park. Park. You can't yeah. tell that over. Okay. Yeah, he hates South Park. Anyway, at one Sometimes point they had the uh, agnostic family and they left a uh, Mysterion, for those of you South Park fans out there, left the, the, bot, the one can of uh, Pat's Blue Ribbon and the Foster family. People started drinking it, and then they got really drunk, and they. How are we turning this into you talking about a story of South? From beer, came to I'm white trash, and I'm in trouble. 
Because that's what PBR makes you do. Yes. Well, it's, 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 who, what true. you need to do, dog man, is get one of those so gold rims. congratulating you from go, not being gold like that. I not appreciate that. Yeah, hey. So cheers, cheers to you. Absolutely. I would cheers, cheers. for it. Fucking hey, man. Okay, and I wanna, you need to bring over one of those gold rim chalices and keep it here for the podcast, and then you'll be pouring that you know those are some nice mugs they Absolutely. got there that made Stella that was their oh, marketing I, I, I read an article one of the reasons why I'm drinking this um, about the 10 worst beers for you like the shit that yeah, they yeah. put in them one of them actually I, I don't even know if I should mention the name on here you know, just do it in case they go like Foster's New, <laughs> Newcastle Oh, they found stuff in there that actually causes cancer. It was the only one of the, the ten worst that actually causes cancer. Brown ale. Yeah. You know what? That makes me feel good. I, 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 I when I, when I had cancer, really? I there was, was a person, a friend of mine, like who did not like uh, give me, didn't call me, didn't do anything. Her favorite beer was Newcastle Brown Ale. So, cheers to you. Yeah, I, I, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I mean, so I had some others on that list. We're glad you got through, buddy. Thank you. I am too. You want to hear some others on that list that were on the 10 worst beers of, of Well, I know. I've, I've read them a little. Yeah, I'm curious. Let's yeah, look. Yeah. I want to know. Guinness. I know. Oh, no. I read it. Oh, no. I read it. I read it. Miller Light. Okay, fine. Coors Light. Fine. PBR. Um, uh, what else? Uh, some of those other. You know, I remember the Guinness. Milwaukee's Best. Like, Milwaukee's Best. Milwaukee's Best. I don't even know if that's considered a beer. Yeah, it's not a beer. Old Milwaukee. <laughs> I, I believe you. I love those beers. I used to drink them like a fish. But back, back when we could get them for a, a case for like six ninety five yeah, over at Osco Drugs and Schlitz. Schlitz. Old style. You can still get old style. You know, I love Schlitz. Yeah. You do, yeah. yeah. Well, they actually went back and did their original okay. flavor. Miller High Life. I love Miller High Life. Yeah, it's oh, that's my slumming beer. King of the beer. champagne of beer. Oh, no, that's champagne. The champagne of beer. Right. The aftertaste on that is is very caramel. The shits are really bad too. It's a great aftertaste beer. Going down, it's whatever. They, they go but down you got great. a great aftertaste on, on, on Miller Highlight. Oh, but so, it's some of the best for you that you wouldn't think that they have like not, no crap in it. Uh, Heineken is one of them. Really? Yeah. Amstel Light was same, one of them. Same company. I think Stella was on there as one of them. So I, I don't know. Well, that, you know, that's the Bel- that's Belgian Budweiser. Stella's Belgian Budweiser. Yeah, pretty much. So in a, in a Belgian well, it's style beer. It's owned by, by Anheuser Busch, right? Oh, I, no, but it, it's an old, old brewery. Or they, was that, that was that, in Belgium. No, no, was, was there like lager, simple version. Yeah, like like or, or was Anheuser bought out by the, the German company, right? The German company, so yeah. yeah. That, so Stella, the company that owned Stella bought out Diageo. Uh, or, right. no, what's, what's the name of it? Uh, Inner, Inner brand or whatever. Whatever it is. Let's okay. move on. That was, our, anyway. that was our PPR for beer uh, <laughs> segment. But uh, that's pretty awesome that we knocked out two of these mailbags. Go on to the wide receivers. I think that, um, give me something. Well, I'll give you something. And the shit, the, like the gazelles and shit, hear them motherfuckers. They, don't, they be eating him, just start running. They don't even look. Run! And the motherfucker that can't hear is in trouble. What? Cazelles don't make a move on a cheetah. It was embarrassing. The cheetah got pissed off too. Because he's ready to get the gazelle. The gazelle said, and that motherfucker fell 400 yards trying to stop and got up. I'm gonna get you, motherfucker. Make- 
Give me some, uh, give me some fodder for wide receivers and um, and fantasy football and PPR. Well, I, you know what? This guy just keeps doing it year after year, strangely, and you wouldn't think it. But I don't know. I guess maybe you kind of, you kind of would. Anquan Bolden, the guy just he does catch everything fucking thrown his way. He's got strong hands. He's a strong guy. Um, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't get targeted a ton, but he catches what's thrown around him. 129 targets, 85 catches. You know, for a wide receiver, that's pretty fucking good. You know, I mean, it doesn't sound all that great because we've been talking some RBs here who catch, you know, 77 out of 84 balls. That's, you know, Pierre Thomas, but that's kind of rare. But, you know, I mean, still, I mean, 85 catches on 129 targets, that's that's a big, strong boy making great catches with a quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, who hasn't been the most accurate guy right. around. So that's impressive for what he did last year. Here, here, uh, let me let me trumpet that because you have to remember back in his heyday. Now this is also a guy who's only had less than a hundred targets only once in his career. Okay, mm-hmm. always over more than a hundred targets. And that one year that he was under a hundred targets, he only played in twelve games, and he had ninety nine targets. Okay. okay. <laughs> this guy, he's always up there. So in his early days, he was playing with Arizona. He was playing in the high flying offense with, with Kurt Warren. That he was getting targeted. Okay, there's no doubt. Yeah. Um, uh, in uh, you know, he had 101 receptions as as, as a rookie. Yeah. The next year, he only had uh, he only played in 10 games. He had 104 uh, targets. Yeah. So what you know, 10 targets a game. Yeah. Uh, then the next season, 171 targets. The next season, 153, and then the 99 in the 12 games. And then uh, 126 and 128 in his last two years in Arizona. Now, then he went to the unfriendly, you mentioned unfriendly in San Francisco, <laughs> yep. where he had 130, which was the same, which was more than he had in the previous two se- last two seasons in Arizona. Yeah. In Baltimore, he never had more than 112. He was between 106 and 112 in his uh, three years in Baltimore as far as targets. So the targets went up as he went to a more run team. In San Francisco. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. There's only been 21 times in the history of the NFL. Actually, that's not in the history. But from 1980 on, which is pretty much... Modern history. Uh, modern, your modern, your modern history. history. Yeah. Our history. <laughs> Our history, basically. Uh, from 1980 on, it's only been done 21 times where a receiver has caught 85 balls and had at least five touchdowns in, in a season. Anquan Bolden has done it Four times. Four times. Only 21 guys have done that four times or more. And we're talking guys like Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice, Andre Johnson. How many uh, of those guys? How many Larry times? Give, give it the number breakdown. On those well, I mean, Marvin Harrison and Jerry Rice and Chris Carter all did it seven times. Seven times? With, seven times with, with 85 receptions and at least five touchdowns in wow. a season. Seven times. Yeah, seven times. You got you know guys like Tim Brown, Torrey Holt. Uh, Andre Johnson, Brandon Marshall, who's still around, Wes Welker, still around, all did it six times. And the best part for him, remember, he came in in 2003. Larry Fitz came in in 2004. Yeah. So he was not the number one wide receiver on his team. Wasn't even the number one. Wide well, receiver he did this all. And he's not going to be the number one wide receiver on his team next year. No, he but won't. But I guarantee you, he's going to put up similar numbers. Yeah. He had the best wide receiver rookie season of anyone in the history. Anyone. Of the history. Anyone. It was ridiculous. 101 catches. Ridiculous. I remember that. Ridiculous as a that, I remember that fantasy season. People I thought that he, that listener, guy, was listener had him. I remember oh, my nice. league. It was yeah. this guy, uh, 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 Carlberg, and his name was the, uh, the team name was the Economowak Sabretooth Crotch Crickets. 
and the crotch crickets were on fire oh because of Antoine Baldwin. I would imagine they would be. The crotch, oh but, but, but from Walk, Wisconsin. Usually it's the crotch crabs, but this right. year it was the crotch, the crotch crickets. crickets. So they were making noise. They were, they were making noise. They were making noise. Question: Have you ever had the crabs? No. Have no, you ever sir. had the crabs? I heard about them. Um, oh! I saw that shampoo in your bathroom. There's no such thing oh, as crab uh, shampoo, is there? That's uh, like, that's like. By blue? the way, why are you looking in my bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, you got. Then we you got, got the crabs. You have to get for some Jergens. You have to. Get, there's plenty of that. Yeah. You got to get pussy to get the crabs. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you There's go. something there you missing go. in the combination of crabs to my genitals, oh, and it's boy. called pussy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's look at, uh, at some other guys. Like, you know, Deshaun Jackson kind of gets a bad rap for not being a PPR guy, but last bad. but last year he had 72 catches, so he, he, 82. 82, 82. So there you go. Catches. Sorry, 82. So his numbers weren't skewed. Now this year, that's not going to happen. So no, if you're sir. in a PPR, you got to be smart and look at but, guys that had their went out of their head and yeah. catches and make sure you bring them back down to earth wanna, in their re- regular zone. Let's go back to my line of demarcation, right? Because where is that for, for wide receivers? Where does PPR really not make that much of a difference anymore? And to me, it's really at about 80 catches. Yeah. Um, yes, I was to say, because 80, 80 catches is five catches per game. Okay, so I'm in a PPR league, like uh, uh, you were mentioning, how are some of our leagues different? Well, I'm in one league where a running back or a wide receiver does not get any PPR bonus or any points until they get to five catches. So a guy who gets 80 catches in that league or 75 catches is basically worthless except for the games that he has, you know, he lights it up. So you're looking at that, last year there were only 19 receivers that had 80 or more receptions. But... The ones that are up in the, in the top there, that's, these are the guys that make the huge difference. Here's a guy that was a complete surprise last year. Harry Douglas. Harry Douglas yep. had the 14th of most amount of receptions at 85. Mm-hmm. And it was targeted 132 times. <coughs> and I can tell you this. This is one of the things like we can talk about Twiolo. Levine Twiolo. Right? Did I pronounce it right? Twiolo. 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 I can't. Toy no, forget it. Toy boat. Yeah. Um, Toy boat. <laughs> he's he's going to be called on, but they are now know that they can trust Harry Douglas. Harry Douglas is going to be a much more integral part of that offense. They're going to, uh, you know, you got the two giants on the outside. He can he can maneuver more in that in in the slot type position and be able to play the outside. He becomes a great handcuff guy too. Now I, I will say. And a great PPR guy. If he's in something that makes a huge difference is this is the reason why I threw that out there with the 85 receptions. The reason why I threw out the five touch, at least five touchdowns, is because if you get all those receptions, it doesn't make all that much of a difference if you can't score touchdowns. Harry Douglas only had two touchdowns. He had 85 receptions, which should have put him up somewhere in the top 20 at least. Right. But it didn't. He was still only 25th. In a, P- in a PPR format. So it's because he only had two touchdowns on the year. You if he had six touchdowns on the year, he would have moved up into the top 20, the top 18. Now that, that does make a difference. You know, for guys like we're hoping, I'm hoping at least, because I think he's a lot more dynamic than the way they've been using him. They're going to employ him a very, in a very different way this year because it's going to be a different offense. It's Kendall Wright. Mm-hmm. 
Kendall Wright has he, not been a touchdown guy yet, that can but change. he can be, and, and he definitely. I think he will be this year. It's a whole different type of offense, and they're going to use him a lot more in a lot in a lot more efficient way. That's a great point because there are guys like you know, and this is where Jordy Nelson had the one jump, and then James Jones was the guy next well, year. Maybe before you go jump. into it, read, yeah. read Jimmy Johnson's question because it kind of mentions Kendall Wright. And it mentions the race car driver. No, nah, gave, gave us a question. Even, even, we are that famous. We got Jimmy Johnson number forty-eight. I think his name's Jimmy Johnson Jr. Too. He's like, I'm not the NASCAR guy or the, the or the Cowboys, Jack, yeah, coach, some Cowboys or coach or something. But you mean the, you mean you mean the Cialis uh, or extends uh, extends. He's the extends, extends spokesperson. Uh, spokesperson. Yes. they took the job for me once I once it actually. Extended Extended and stayed there, so I had to give it. I had, <laughs> I had, I had, I had, I had to give it up. But yeah, Jimmy Johnson, we love this guy because he's actually a new guy. I can tell he's on new on the scene, but asks a lot of questions and okay. digs our shit. But right, put well, his question because I like it. All right, well here's the question: When choosing between wide receivers in a PPR format, are you more inclined to go for the big play guy who might get you, you know, one big play a game, maybe? Or a possession guy who constantly racks up catches but not many TDs, you know. And you know the examples he throws out there are like somebody like a, a Kendall Wright versus a Deshaun Jackson. From my tiers, they were in the yeah. same tier, so those yeah. guys were in the same tier. Exactly. Deshaun or, or in like Houdini's and, and Stag Party's same tier, like a Brian Hartline versus a Kenny Stills type of guy. What tier do you have? A uh, Bell Bearding. Oh, yeah. God, I'm terrible at this. I'm trying too hard. That's a, you're hurting yourself. <laughs> really. It doesn't hurt at all. It's just, okay, but it's like just I really want to. I'm really trying to get the leverage, and it's turning into a lot of <laughs> disaster. Disaster. It's, it's basically leverage that was on the USA Network with uh, Timothy Hutton. Oh, that's bad. a disaster. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing there, man. Oh. If you guys know these so, pop culture things I say, I'm, I'm impressed by Well, I, I would like to give a legit, straight-out answer to it, but I don't think there is... It, 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 you're kind of getting into a bit of a muddy water here because a lot of it depends on situation. If a guy has <laughs> consistently, over time, not put up touchdowns, such as... Uh, uh, he's put up some, but not a lot. Andre Johnson, we'll say. He's never no, gone to the double-digit. Yeah, he's never gone to the double-digit plateau, but he's always had a ton of catches. You know, I mean, he's gone up over 100 catches a bunch of times. Matter of fact, yeah. How many been, catches does Andre Johnson <clears throat> have? Touchdown catches on his career? It's like 37 or something. No, it's more than that. No, it, it is. is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more than that. The ratio. No, no, he's is never terrible. had, but it's like it's he. He's it was like it was always like five or six or six, and then he yeah. he got close. He had a nine, yeah. and then it, but and it just it never yeah. it never materialized. Like you see, at least some guys. Can bring it together. Here's my point on this. I'll, I'll say this. And this is why I'm saying it. Because where's that? It's 80 catches or more because underneath that, there are so many guys. You can look at it between um, 78 catches last year and um, is, is the next 20 guys is like between the next 20 catches. What's the difference in points on that? It's not that many because it's only half the points. So it's a half a point per catch normally in any PPR. Most people are not giving a point PPR. Those ones, maybe that makes a bigger difference. But if, usually if it's a half-point PPR, touchdowns make the difference, okay? Because you get six points per touchdown. You only get the half point. So you could have ten more catches than the guy. That equates to five points. You have three more touchdowns than a guy. That's 18 points. Yeah. I mean, you're, that's, that, that's, that's all you need to know. That ends up being close yeah. to a point a game. A right. point a week, which does make a difference in the long run. So... 
That's when why you, I almost think about compare this, yeah. apples to apples and go by the yards and the, and the touchdowns, and then you add that other layer of but, PPR to it, and then that is an easier way for you to kind of massage your rankings and have things. But here's the other thing: instead of it being black and white, by contrast, that's with the touchdowns. Go ahead. Yeah, but, 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 but we're also talking about the explosion guys. That's what he was talking. Yeah, about. yeah. Well, you and yeah, I are yeah. guys that are now, now. And here's the other thing too: I'll be honest and I'll be realistic about the explosion guys. Especially if you're going for younger guys that are that you're projecting the explosion for, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to call when that week's going to happen. So in, in that case, if you're deciding between a guy who is a steady producer, not going to score you necessarily a ton of touchdowns, maybe he's going to give you three or four touchdowns on the year, but he's going to give you 80 catches, you take that guy over the rookie, who, who like a Justin Hunter last year. He gave you one or two games, but he gave you zilch the rest yeah. of the way through. And... You know, typically the guys that are... I'll give you a better one. Malcolm Floyd. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know, somebody who will give you a few explosion games where he gets a long touchdown. You know, like four... He gets like four catches a game, you know, three, four catches a game, and he'll get a long touchdown one every four weeks or something like that, one every five weeks. That's not worth it for me to guess on that week as opposed to having the guy who's the steady PPR producer. In in PPR leagues. In PPR leagues. On the other hand, now the guys who are worth, who are those stretch guys, like a T.Y. Hilton, like a, um, who did I just have in my head? I just lost it now. Um, You just can't move on past T.Y. Hilton. You just love that guy. Oh, I do love that guy. But uh, Once you start thinking about him... No one else. Like a, or like a Tory Smith, a Tory Smith, or you know, Mike <coughs> Wallace, or guys who are still valid receivers in their own right, but are the big hitters. Or oh no no, because you were Malcolm Floyd. That's why Michael Floyd. Yeah. Uh, um, that that was where I was going. So um, as my key other example for that, because these are guys that speaking are, of pipe hitters. Right. Well, but that, yeah. now they're now they're growing, but now these guys are going higher in in, in drafts. So it's like you know, I think this guy. I, I don't know if this question I is leaning that. more Sorry. toward. I know I'm letting it go. It's <laughs> all right. Speaking of pipe in I was talking about Malcolm I, I Floyd, dude. There's a reason why this guy is always injured. He yeah. just wants. He just wants a pipe hitter. He just wants uh, to go hang out with Devon Vest. Jeff yeah. Luley. <laughs> pipe hitters. Um, I think it's it, Mike it's. Wallace, there's no question. I mean, you look at why. Well, there's why, also listen, Nancy there, there are, Why? I'm sorry. Okay, bye, bye. There are guys that have the potential to move from the once in a while explosion type guys yeah. to the all the time explosion type guys, my, like a Michael Floyd. And this is my point. So identifying those type of guys, guys that have who are not just the Debbie Hendersons mm-hmm. of their generation, but are the guys that can become the Michael Floyds of their generation. Exactly. Tory Smith actually. Some of these guys you were mentioning, like Wall, Mike Wallace and Torrey Smith, they're so young as well. Right. We have to understand that. And, and Torrey Smith and Mike Wallace both could hit it up early uh, again this year. The, like I said, Baltimore is going to be a different system. Yeah. Torrey Smith is going to be used even better next year. Same thing with Mike Wallace, a, a new and better system where he's used all over the place. And more chemistry with his quarterback. And more chemistry with his quarterback. Situation plays a lot into it as well, which is something you have to pay attention. I wish there was a stock answer to this, but there isn't. There isn't. There's too many. There's a stock up, stock down. Yeah, let's write it. You got it. Take it. Wide receiver stock market. Do it, Hedini. God Maddox. Let's do the stock market piece on running backs. You're on. Ding, 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 ding. Opening bell. Oh, God. Oh, boy. One thing I'm going to say that kind of makes sense, and I read up on it a little bit today, is, is, the, is the fact that 
Um, Nick Foles is saying that Macklin, he's, he was there when Macklin was, yeah. was around, said Macklin's looking good. He's fired up. He's looking great. And the, the, the beat writer, local uh, Enquirer, I think. Uh, Philadelphia Enquirer. Yeah, it, writer, it said the set that they were doing the most of this week was Josh Huff. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Matthews. Matthews. Jord, Jordy Matt, Jordan Matthews. Uh, Riley Cooper and uh, a Macklin doing that four set. Now, four wide receiver set. Five, four wide receiver set. Those four wow. are, are out there. I don't know if that means Ertz is out, is, is on the no, sideline. No, Ertz will be in there too. I don't know if that's Selleck, whatever. Selleck's out there. I don't know yeah. what's happening, but they got that four wide receiver split, and that's what they're going for. They got the two youngsters, they got Macklin who's hungry, and they got Riley who's pretty friggin' consistent. It, now, here's because we're talking. mentioned those two because I hear Jordan Matthews is the highlight of the whole camp. They love him. I hear the same thing. The highlight of the whole game. Love him. Oh my god. He's so ready to go. He's He's so ready. He's so ready to go. Can I complain about Hold on, but the one thing I want to say, yes, you can complain. But the one one reason why I'm bringing it up is targets, touches, and looks wise, you add Sproles to the mix. You add Ertz to the mix. You add you add LaShawn McCoy to the mix. You add a Selleck to the mix. That team, and this goes back to what we were touting for Manning all last year. That te- and we talked about it a couple podcasts ago, actually, mm-hmm. Houdini. Nick Foles, holy cow, does this guy have weapons? But pop might eat itself on the rest of these guys. It's not gonna be well, there's there's seven dudes that could that are eaten into those opportunities. And so Lashawn scares me a little bit on that end. But Lashawn McCoy it. was a top three running back. Absolutely, Deshaun Jackson was a top ten to. 12 to 15. No, ten, I think 10 12. 10, 12, 12. Riley 12. Cooper was a top 25 guy. You yeah. combine, or you look at, you project what Ertz could have done um, after what he did those last five weeks. He'll be a top, you know, top 10 to 15 type guy. There's enough to go around. And I hear that they're running faster. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole offense is going even faster. This was the whole point of the offseason that Chip Kelly said. Say, he goes, um, you think we were fast? We did not run efficiently last year at all. Yeah, yeah, at all. He goes, we and he and we're close. And we, I think we talked about that in the podcast yeah, yeah. too. And that's another reason. Okay, not, he was. It was. He this is part of my arguments for Nick Foles. Year one. Year one. I am, I am so much behind what Nick Foles can do, even though I know he put up ridiculous numbers as far as efficiency and everything last the system year. System and talent is, is unmatched. <laughs> Around him is is insane. And and again. In, a, in an offense that is that sophisticated, in a, just like the Bears' offense is that sophisticated, or you have a guy who runs an offense like Peyton Manning, who is that sophisticated, the second year in a system, you get that much better. And Every there's time. a marked improvement. A Every marked time. improvement. It's a, it, that's well, a the fact. one thing you were left out on, on the Eagles, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, is, is that... Uh, is that uh, Jason Avant is a great receiver. He's a great yeah, receiver. I know. And, and thank God he's not in Carolina now, or else there'll just be too much talent in Philly. No. Uh, that's all I'm hearing, Carolina. Jason Avant is a great receiver. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you what, though. Is all... that what Cam said? He did. Yeah. 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 Cam's oh. not playing. He's hanging out with... Uh, with oh, who's, right, yeah. who's the guy stretching on his arm? Nate. 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 He's hanging out with Nate. I'm just warming up my arm. <laughs> Man, your mom, mommy, your mom's favorite player. Hey, slow down. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> Love me. All right. Uh, let's, let's look at uh, let's look at a guy like Antonio Brown at wide receiver. 
the difference between PPR and standard. When you got huge, s- yeah, huge. The standard scoring. His efficiency league, was amazing. It's a great year, regardless. But yeah. standard league scoring, he's number seven. Okay, so that's uh, nice. He had 110 receptions, 166 targets. Now, if you're going at the PPR, PPR, you're race number three, Antonio um, Brown. Three. So that's the kind of ahead of AJ Green, ahead of. Granted, Calvin only played 14 games, but I had a Calvin Johnson. I had a Brandon Marshall who played 16. I had a Des Bryant who played 16. I had of uh, Alshon. I had of Eric Decker, uh, Andre Johnson, Pierre Garcon. Head of all of them. Brandon Marshall had two less targets, and uh, Brown had 10 more catches. So that's that whole thing where I think maybe we need to really dive deeper a little bit in our targets, touches, and looks. Outlook. I'll have Stag's, uh, Stag Party look into this. We might need to really look at the guys that are the high volume, high per- high percentage yes. reception guys, and that might be the new wrinkle because now everyone's going to be talking about looks because that's what we've been doing for this is our second year. Let's go and just fuck it up and add a fifth, fourth wheel to it: targets, touches, looks, percentage. And you know who that's yep. and you know what? And the thing is, you know who that rolls into a lot is QBs. And their, and their efficiency and the way that they throw the ball, if they throw a good, you know, short ball, makes a big difference. Somebody like a Ben Roethlisberger throws a good short ball. That's why Antonio Brown has a decent percentage. That's why Monty well, Ball is going to have a lot, a lot of catches. Exactly. Because the, That's why all the New Orleans guys had great percentages. Right. And the guys in Detroit, Pierre, with Stafford, I'm Stafford's I'm fucking Danny Woodhead with, 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 with Philip Rivers, yes. It's, it's right there. Absolutely. But that's why Reggie Bush had such a terrible percentage. Yes. It's because Stafford has such fucked up mechanics and doesn't have that short ball touch. The way that a Drew Brees does. No, it's because Stafford throws a different short ball every single time. Yes, that's true. <laughs> hey, Val <laughs> Verde, I know you're listening. We found we found you a little nugget. There you that's, go. That's your deal, bro. There you go. That's percentage. your deal. Percent. You're adding the targets, touches, looks, percentages, and we'll uh, the, we're gonna have you own it. I love it. You're the man. I'd venture to say last year that Deshaun Jackson had the best percentage. Of his entire career, catching balls to targets. Yeah. 82 catches, 127 targets. My guess is it's normally around, I'm, I'm, without looking, before I look, I'm, I'm going to guess it's somewhere around like s- lower 60s and 120 120 targets. Oh, okay. Barely 100. <laughs> barely 100. <laughs> you ready for the run now? First year, 121 targets, 121, 62 catches. Right there. 118 targets, 63 catches. Right there. 96, 47 catches. 104, 58 catches, 87, 45 the year before, and then the 82 out of 116. Yep. It's basically half. Yeah, he's a 50%, 50% catcher. catcher. Because he's one of these Last year. So this is where, to that question that was asked, he's a guy that was a big catch guy, but he's not giving you any type of consistent value. That was the system he was in. Right. He, the, you're going to put him back into a system where he is the vertical threat. Same and thing. And he's going to 104 catches to do. 55. No, 104 targets. targets, 55 catches yep. this year. I don't, I, I, I'll give him, I'll give him 60. I'll give him 60. Because they're going to target six, him a little well, bit. Okay, if you give him 60, then it's going to be 118. 118 yeah. targets. Probably, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And Garcon will go from his 182 down to 165. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, it's going to be but, sick. It's, I saw an be, interview yesterday with RG3. Even fewer. 
than 165. You know what though? He'll be more effective than he was last year because he, he was not. If Jordan Reese stays healthy, Jordan Reed, yeah. and then you throw Andre Roberts into the mix. I mean, those those. I mean, remember, just, remember what I was talking about earlier with Alfred Morris. I mean, the targets he's getting are enormous. But but no one no one should expect. <laughs> no one should. Expect, Somebody's eating into it, and it's uh, Morris. It's the yeah. 66, it's the Bentley. The Alfred. Bentley is just coming out of the backfield, and they're like, we got to toss him What the is ball. that? It's the Phantom. <laughs> Throw him in the ball. You got it. You got it. You got it upgraded. <laughs> I love that. Love that guy. So, uh, oh, yeah. Who, uh, who He's else? not getting over 60 catches this year, I'm telling you. I, I, I'm telling you right. Well, let's go, let's go to another mailbag quickly, and we're going to do this from Raccoon. Asking us on Facebook if I put out for future podcasts that I want some questions, please ask some and we'll bring it up on this podcast. We don't do mailbag too often, but um, maybe we'll do it more often and the engagement there has been awesome. So, Raccoon, thanks, that's buddy. Looking, that's a, by the way, that's a good looking beer right now. That does look good. I had a beer in the freezer and it's like got like the perfect, because we have like a, it's warmer here in Chicago right now than it's been. It's still not a hot summer by any stretch of the imagination, but my beer has got this uh, fantastic, it was in the freezer, and it's got this awesome frost to it right now. It looks really good. And let's be honest, it was stormy day, actually, when we pressed oh, record on this podcast. We're like, this might be our first podcast with a lot of uh, thunder and lightning. Not that you'd hear the lightning, but a lot of thunder in the background. But it subsided. We were on the edge of the storm right as we were playing. But fuck the weather in Chirac sucks. Uh, okay. No, anti-racist. 
I'll be prejudiced in the summer, but fuck, it's too cold. It's uh, not, I can't be prejudiced uh, in the cold. Oh, that's hilarious. I get it. I guess I misread it. You didn't I hear it. I, I told you this already. We've done this this guy for you can, three. You can I listen got, to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. I really I really can't hear him very well. My, my ear... <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, can't I got my ear... I got my ear... I don't even hear what you You don't say. speak Jive. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I, I do. I do speak Jive. That's you know, bad, bad ear. Our bad speakers versus that live stuff. There's no question. I'm kind of getting about 83% of what... Mr. Richard, who I didn't even know, was from Chi-Town. Of course, you didn't know. I didn't know that. Are you kidding me? But I do know one thing. The Toy, one of my favorite movies growing up. Absolutely. Holy crap, how was that movie oh the best? Oh my God, how was that good? With so Jackie good. Gleason. Jackie Absolutely. Gleason. So good. So fucking We need good. to go back to that. All right. <laughs> Brewster's Millions? Oh my God. You didn't get to see this yet, brother. How good is that? Brewster's like? Millions. Oh my God, does that look good? <laughs> Brewster's Million, this this pyromaniac.com project for us has basically been our private, not having a lot of money, Brewster's Million. Pretty much. Like, how much can we put into Pyromaniac yep. uh, and how quickly without making any money back? <laughs> exactly. It's all changing now. It's all changing now. We appreciate that. And we're, we're going to get better, bigger, more prolific, more amazing. Yeah. Every explicit of the. Five years in. Give it up. Five years in, six years in, now it's all paying off. We're at the peak of our game. We're about to do it, and we'd love you guys for listening to it. And we're not going to do it like Richard did. A lot of people say shit. I, I, I think about shit. I say, why do people think? I mean, listen to me. All the people you ever heard of Freebasing, have you ever heard of anybody blowing up? Freebase, I gotta blow up. <laughs> I'm talking about, it started out, I started out smoking freebase, it was like, I started out one time. And I should have known something bad was gonna happen. Because I remember the first time I did freebase, I burnt my bed up. I swear, I was sitting on the side of the bed and somebody said, Richard, the bed's on fire. I said, what? The bed's on fire? Sounds like me after a visit to friggin' Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I've been drinking a little fire. much. What? what? I've been drinking a little much. Can I get three Mexamelts with a lot of hot sauce? <laughs> and can I also do a couple of those Cool Ranch... Tacos, those things look good. I've been seeing the commercials. And let me get one of those burritos with a lot of hot sauce. Next morning, it's like... I think you want a fire sauce. Oh, my fire. They have that there? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? For years. Oh, never had fire? I I ate for the first time at Taco Bell within the last two weeks. No. In six years. Oh, my God. And got hot sauce. They had fire sauce? The yeah. next day, I, I was like, the whole six time. Years and I had fire sauce. I yeah, used to, we had Taco Bell eating contests back in college. Man. They, they had them then? I don't know. I don't yeah. know this stuff. But I was sitting there, I'll tell you, I'm glad I didn't have fire sauce. The next day, I was like, I lost. Oh my God. My friend, my friend tried to eat <laughs> as many tacos as he could. We had them in high school. Chiba. We had a soft taco eating contest. How many did you eat? My buddy ate. 18 before he, he crapped out. Gee, I, I was 17. The winner had 24. 24? Is that cheap? Yeah. God. Insanity. Talking to And he was the skinniest motherfucker of all of us. He's a Harvard doctor. It's always the He's a Kobayashi. He's a Kobayashi. Boy. He's a Harvard yeah, doctor right now that's literally trying to... Did he to, throw up? He's trying to huh? cure... Did he throw it up? No. 
He, no. He, he actually was fine. He, like, like, first, he must have shit his lose. ass out. He must have shit his ass out for two days. He's Mom. a Harvard doctor curing brain cancer. The guy knows how to Jedi mind trick 24 tacos in his tummy. I'm telling you right now. I was with him. He didn't use the hot sauce. I was with him three weeks ago here in Chi-Town. I'll be with him in Vegas uh, next month. The guy's mind over matter. He's basically Bruce Lee of everything. He is. Chiba. Chiba. And he's actually our first investor. He was our first investor. First investor. Chiba dropped down 20 grand for Pyro before I even gave a business plan. made this possible, what we're doing right now. 24, 24 tacos. Chiba, we love you. You're the greatest. That's, that's fucking That's awesome. amazing. That's the best. I thought, I thought 18 was pretty good. 24. Whew. On I'm fucking s- real. I'm actually going back. And what's it called? Fire sauce? Fire, fire sauce, yeah. Fire. 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 Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's like the it's yellow. Good. No, it's, it's red. No, no, it's, it's, red. A red, it's a red one. That's yellow right. is the is your is your hot. Yeah. Last, qu- last thing I'll say about fire. There's a, a listener. I'm spacing his name right now as we go. I'm, I'm not, I don't have internet access. But uh, a fella did a great Twitter post the other day uh, that he always he always signs off uh, hashtag fire f y r e and he's basically like hey I'm heading from um, I'm friend, heading from San Antonio to Dallas uh, this morning and I just downloaded the new podcast it's a three hour trip I might make it through one podcast <laughs> might might. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. That's awesome. That's what I as, as we're running on two two hours here and happily and not even rushing it at all, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, I love I love it. All right, uh, Doc. Yeah. What, what's your favorite? Let's. What's your favorite wide receiver? Just talk pirate. Talk PPR. Talk a wide receiver. Or if you want to move over to tight end, or just <laughs> in general, a mantra for you in how. PPR affects you. Just, just drop now. When, 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 when it comes to the wide receivers, one thing I do like to look at for sure is the type of offense they run, and, and that's that's something you have to look at first and foremost. There are the, the seldom few that are within a, a, a some sort of running game, run, rushing type offense that will still, you know, kick, kick a little ass, but it's very rare. It's extremely rare for a rushing offense to have a, a, an outstanding PPR type of wide receiver. Yeah. So you really have to look at those high-volume type passing Great offenses, call. such as the Chicago Bears yeah. lately. And it's, and it's the weirdest fucking thing to say, but it's true. Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, you combine them together, over 300 fucking targets. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. For two receivers, 300 targets. And, and almost, almost probably what? 45% of those were done by a guy that was a 12-year journeyman. Yeah. Not only that, and, and, and the fact, true. And the fact that Matt Forte had another 95 targets. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Both of those two wide receivers I just mentioned, more targets than a Demarius Thomas. Both of them, Alshon and Brandon Marshall, both had more targets than a Demarius Thomas. Yeah, Demarius was the number one scoring he was the number one scorer wide in PPR. And, PBR, yes. and that is why, as I was talking about earlier, that's where the touchdowns come in. Right, because he beat Josh Gordon, and Josh Gordon was amazing. Mm-hmm. But it was 14 touchdowns mm-hmm. for Demarius Thomas. Compared Think of it this way. So he had five more receptions than Josh Gordon. Josh yep. Gordon 
In two less games, this is what's crazy, though. <laughs> so when you really yeah. average it out by fantasy points per game, Gordon would have beat him. But would have only, beat him, yeah. But he only would have beat him by less than, about two and a half points per game. So, um, which, is, which is significant, but that two and a half points per game, uh, you know, it was, it was two points in standard leagues. Yeah. So, which is kind of, it seems like it's interestingly weird, but at the same time, it's not, because it makes sense. He only had five less catches. Those touchdowns are the difference. They are, and that, that they, they they do make a big difference when it comes to PPR. So I mean, you don't take guys. No, no, no. Just forget about based. Don't, don't, forget about saying that they make a difference in PPR. They make a difference. Touchdowns are everything in fantasy. It's true. It's you you need to focus and always be drafting. All ABD. Forget about ABC. Always be drafting guys that score touchdowns. Period. It, that's a fact. Because. <laughs> And, and it, or guys that have or are going to be in a better position to score a touchdown or have have had done it in their past. I mean, we've talked about this in podcasts. I want to say it was a year ago, two years ago. I remember this one where I said it's it's kind of like the old thing that Bill Parcells said in the Crunch Course video that I got from Sports Illustrated when I was eighty uh, six. Yeah, and he goes, I if they don't it. if they don't bite when it. they're puppies, they're never going to bite. Yep. So it's the same thing. Did the guy catch touchdowns in college? Was he a guy that's always been the guy that's been caught touchdowns, or wasn't he? Which is why I have full faith in Monty Ball being a guy who's going to score touchdowns. Because he scored fifty, was it fifty six or fifty three in college and at the NCAA record. That's why I had faith in the Vietnamese geese. Val Verde. Let me put it this Terrible. way. I'm going cans. <laughs> I'm going to Magnus cans from now on. They got. Now they go hot notch cans. Hot notch. They got. They they no. stopped. They stopped I, I, it. I, I, they I, have. I found it. It's called hot nosh. Nosh. They ch- had to change the name. I found them. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna As try to. Nosh or nosh? I'm gonna try nosh, to bring back nosh. a Valverde for you. So let's go with a Val. Gina Snow. Yeah, oh, a, lot of, a lot of movement on that Absolutely. one. Absolutely, that was a lot of movement. I don't know about the sound, but you got a little sound on that one. Better than the last. Let one. me put it this way: if a guy gets twenty more <laughs> catches, <laughs> twenty more catches than the next guy. Yeah, you're comparing two guys. Twenty more catches. Yeah, next guy. If you're playing a half half point PPR, which, as you said, most people it's ten play, points. That's ten points. All the all the guy who had twenty less catches needs is two touchdowns. That's it. Two more touchdowns than the other guy. Right, which is also why we Two. say... That's well, how much tight, uh, touchdowns makes a difference. Right. So let's... let's, let's, let's Good you, point. You wind that whole thing 20 back. 20 catches. Two touchdowns. Makes a huge difference. It's, so when you wind the whole thing back, that's why there's that line demarcation of the 80-some-odd catches. And after 80 catches, the other line demarcation is, is that guy a touchdown score? Because if the guy has the p- potential or uh, has done it, or did it last year, um, and has shown that you believe, and you look at the offense that he's in, he's the guy that they're going to look at in the red zone. He's the guy that's going to get the red zone targets. He's the guy that's going to get the looks. He's not just going to get fluky touchdowns like you had mentioned earlier in this podcast about Victor Cruz getting, right? You know, is it, was it, was it, were they those type of ones, or was it ones because he beat his guy? Because he just flat out used his size and, 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 and positioned himself so well to make the catch. Those guys, then you project higher. Because with that 80-plus catches and the ability to make those touchdowns, yes, in PPR, to bring that whole thing back, God, those guys are so much more valuable. 
Just uh, real quick, just so you understand. But there's only like five of them. (coughs) Harry Douglas, 85 catches. Jordy Nelson, 85 catches. Jordy Nelson had 65 more fantasy points. Yeah. That's where that's where you have to understand the same amount of catches, 65 more fantasy points. It's a huge. Although here's how you can also look at that and you can say, but where you're drafting Jordy Nelson. And in PPR, and this is the same thing that you mentioned earlier, I wanted to bring this point up. Antonio Brown, who finishes the third wide receiver yep. in PPR, scoring-wise, was not drafted. There's no way. And this is where, if you understand who those guys are going to be this year. This is a top five or six round pick. That, you no, know, but you're going to get them as a steal because everyone's going to be still going to, they're still going to go Calvin. They're still going to go Julio. They're still going to go Demarius. They're still going to go all these other guys. But and this is where you can still grab one of those guys too, and then you're grabbing in a guy like Antonio Brown, or maybe it's a guy. Well, perfect opportunity to yeah. bring up a guy I want to talk about. Do Edelman, it. right? Yeah, Edelman last year came out of nowhere. I know you're not a big fan. Okay, I don't think you, you want. You think he's going to repeat? I don't think he's going to have the same season he had last year. But here's what I do think: he Edelman was able to in, in PPR leagues to have uh, 151 targets. Had 105 catches. Had over 1,000 yards. Six TDs. Now, the one reason why I think it's important to look at guys and really love targets is project a little bit. You look at him, he hasn't been a touchdown guy. But don't you think that there could be a, a progression in touchdowns for a guy like this, well, no. See, that's that. This and no, no, you just hate Edelman. So, no, but, so maybe you don't need you're to talk. Looking, <laughs> you're telling him. Let me make my argument. I want to hear the. Well, here's what I'm saying: is project before before your opinion on Edelman. That's not what this is about. All right. The, what what, what this is about? What, no, he's not for you. He is. But what is what 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 you have to do is project and foreshadow. Look at, and I, I'm not saying this just pertains to Edelman, because that's all you're thinking about no, right that's now. Not what I'm, that's uh, not what I'm thinking but about. But project and foreshadow guys that, because of their opportunity, because of their season, perfect example would be a Brown, like the, a, Antonio Brown this year. That they're in their fourth year or their fifth year. They're getting the opportunity. They've got a good passer going to them. Situations around them, there's not much talent going on. Foreshadow. Put projections of your own around targets. PPR, the amount of opportunities a player is going to get, whether that's a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end. And don't just look at their tight end and say, he's not a tight end guy, because sometimes they break out. Larry Fitzgerald didn't have tight ends at the beginning of his career. He had a ton of catch. No, he, he had 10 last year. You look at, you look at his... Larry tight Fitzgerald. ends? No, Larry Fitzgerald. If, if I said tight end, I'm sorry. Ten. Wide Touch, receiver. Touchdown. He had 10 oh, touchdowns. Yeah. What did I say? Tight ends. Sorry, sorry. Larry Fitzgerald, 10 touchdowns. Where at the beginning of his career, he wasn't really, he was a yard catch guy, but wasn't a touchdown guy. Now he's getting less catches. He's still got a lot of targets. But he's one of those guys, his wide receiver catch ratio for a guy we've called best hands in the league. I'll blame it a little bit maybe more on some quarterback talent and then even Carson Palmer. But hold on. Uh, But you, you got to project a little bit and look and, and, and not just look at the last year's numbers. You always project. It's always about projecting. But at the same time, project with, with sense. Okay? I'm sorry. Your Edelman thing makes no sense to me. I, I, I can't get no. Because here's a guy who's not that big. He doesn't. He, he, Where do you he, think I'm going to get Edelman in drafts? He's going to get. Listen, in a PPR league, you're going to have to draft him in the eighth or ninth round. <laughs> oh, my God. 
You're telling me you got a better eighth or ninth round wide receiver pick than Edelman? I don't you want don't. him. I don't want him. You don't? Listen, you know what? You don't. Because that's where I think he's going in PPR. And then I think that's he's going what, 12th okay. round that's and not okay. PPR. And, and that is money. You're going to draft him in the sixth round, though. No, I'm not. Well, and anyone who does, anyone draft him in the ninth round pick. Anyone who drafts him in the sixth or seventh round is, um, is, is mistaken. I agree with that. But here's why. Even in the eighth round, I think you're mistaken. He had 105 catches last year. Why? Wes Welker was gone. Why? You had two rookies in Kembrell Tompkins and Aaron, and Aaron Dobson. You also had an injured uh, uh, Gronkowski. You also had uh, failing everybody else in every other position. That is not going to be there this the year. We saw what Shane Vereen had in, in targets. Shane Vereen wasn't there for the last half of the season when Julian Edelman blew up in all of his, his numbers. Well, he actually was there at the very end. But yeah, at the very end. The middle. the middle. The middle. He started without him there. But look, hold on. Look, Let's they've remember, added Tom Brady. Brady LaFell. They've added. Uh, they, 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 they've Tom Brady's a target machine. He finds a guy that he trusts the most, and he says, fuck this. I'm just going back to him. And Edelman <laughs> proved the ability to catch, be a hard noser, and got in the end zone. Brady wants to win. All right, I'm, I'm going to be the mediator in this. Please, because I, yeah. But this isn't about Edelman. It's about it's about looking it is about at Edelman. Behind, well, it's it, looking it about changing trends. Not no, not. But you're using look. Edelman as an example for the no, trend. I'm, 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 I'm going go, to go into both of it. Uh, I'm going to say first and foremost that um, they have been saying that the most outstanding uh, receiver at camp, and it's easily not even close. It's been Edelman. They have said that he is the most outstanding, and uh, he, he just looks incredible. Confidence breeds. And, 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 yeah, and Brady has an, a ton of confidence in, in everything. Now, I will also say that's without Gronkowski playing there, and Dobson has also been interested and not been playing with them. Dobson, from everything I hear and everything I've seen, that guy is going to skyrocket. He's going to be no up, way up there. No when Gronk gets back, he's obviously going to be targeted a lot more. Amendola, as you were saying, you're right. Amendola was a piece of shit last year, and he was injured some. And no uh, shot. And Dobson was not just injured, but he was also a rookie. Tompkins was also not just injured, but also a rookie. Gronkowski was not there for most of the year. If you want to get a real look and at what Edelman did, look at what he did when Gronk was playing. Okay, that's where you're going to get your real gauge at. And, and, and I'll look at that in a second just to give you a real yeah, gauge. Yeah, on I it. agree. But that's a real gauge on I agree. It. You know, I mean, it's it's going to be different this year. Plus, as you said, Vereen was out for a long period of time. Look at how many targets he gets. And he still got he's in there. They lost confidence in Ridley. Ridley's going to get confidence back a little bit now that Blount, uh, Blunt's gone. Yeah. So he's going to get the ball a little bit more. But I love him. Your confidence argument. No one's got more confident right now than him. But you're right. Nobody has more confidence in him right now than Edelman. And I don't blame him because Edelman caught everything his way, and he was steady, and he didn't get injured, and he doesn't fumble. He's a type of guy that Brady loves and Belichick loves. And they also signed Brandon LaFell to a three-year contract, who might not even make the team. No, 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 no. They signed He's the a three-year contract. No, they're not. No, He's the fifth receiver. Right now. Everything I'm hearing in camp, he is. They signed him like to a three-year contract with a lot of guaranteed money, and everything that I've been reading will I can not say be on that the team. He is guaranteed a starting spot on this team, and they've also said that he's been acclimating himself well from the sources that I'm reading. So I don't know okay. what you're reading. Lafell said himself that he can't understand can't understand that. No, 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 no. He said he goes. That was that was. LaFell won't be on the team at the start of the season. He's uh, he's, he's like. I'm not concerned like about LaFell anyway, but I'm just sure. saying it's sure. another it's, it's mouth that's yeah. out there that it's they true. paid a lot of money to. That's true. 
And, and again, I believe more. I'll also and believe. There's other guys. Dude, wait, wait, Josh Boyce. Thank you. That's Boyce, where I'm going. Absolutely. That's where I'm going. Here's a guy who I think is going to actually give more competition than a Brandon LaFell and whatever. And especially at the position where your boy is at. And Julian sure. Edelman's at. Because Josh Boyce, if you looked at the one gift we had last year on him, I, oh my God. This guy has got sick open field moves. And if you get a, him the ball on these the type of routes that, that uh, Edelman runs... What he can do after the catch dwarfs Edelman. And if he gets his opportunity, as the NFL is about opportunity, Edelman could be done. Well, here's the one thing that you're not considering. And the reason why I don't agree with you, and I don't want to make this about Edelman, it's about history of Brady. Randy Moss was on the record-breaking teams with Wes Welker, doing all the things you're talking about, making the incredible catch, making the making Daryl Rivas look like a joke, doing all, the, the, all the talent of the gods at the wide receivers. A Hall of Famer, had a re, re, resurgence for his career. Pretty much, Welker was still the man. He likes his white guy that he can trust. All the all the accolades <laughs> and all that he does, he does. <laughs> I'm sorry. We all thought it was going to be Adam um, Amendola last year. What guy? You can't trust that guy. Brady needs them. You can trust a quarterback from <laughs> Kent State. That, that I gotta have my white uh, guys. I gotta have my white guys. It's true. Receiver. <laughs> it's true. Kent State quarterback right Those now. Of you get that reference? I love you. Would you shut up? <laughs> Curtis Blow says, "Blow your mind." All right. Let's move on. What what else we got? Let's talk about some tight ends. Do it. And we'll do uh, then we'll do a couple of these last questions and we'll shut this party down. Um, all right, tight ends, obviously, it's you know, and, and, and it goes with wide receivers too. Calvin Johnson is a target machine, is a catch machine, and that's why he's, in my opinion, still on his own at the number one spot for wide receiver. But for tight ends, same goes for Graham, if he signs, if he does whatever, he's a target machine. Now, the flip side of that is Vernon Davis, who we talked about a couple of times, who finished number two in standard leagues because he had a lot of touchdowns, to go back to Dog's point. Uh, only had 52 catches. Uh, who are some guys? That, well, I want to make a point about this whole thing about catches and, touch, <laughs> no, catches and touchdowns. <laughs> I'll make another point if you want no, to. We're good, we're good, right. we're good. <laughs> Something like a phenomenon. Uh oh, uh oh. If you know that reference, you're good. Same song. <laughs> I thought that was a. Uh, I thought that was a. Uh, yeah, you thought, uh, you thought, you thought. Stop no. thinking. Um, so, when <laughs> you look at uh, it, the touchdowns are the thing that, that blows my mind. Is that <laughs> I don't like to chase touchdowns. Like, a, a, when a guy has the big, anytime a guy has 10 touchdowns or more the previous season, and, it, and he puts up all the points, then you have to be worried because it's harder to repeat a performance of a double digit touchdown. Because all the points that we're talking about, these are six points per all these touchdowns. From five touchdowns to ten touchdowns, if you if you went up that much, that's a thirty point jump. Well, that's so much harder to get in any yardage or catches or anything else to make up those many points. Which is why a guy like James Jones, when he had the fourteen touchdowns, he became a disaster afterward. Why Jordy Nelson after his fifteen touchdown season, he was still good, but he wasn't the Jordy Nelson he was before. And that's all I want to warn about. 
right. I, I, I like it. What do you, uh, should we, should we drop down, um, and get into Raccoon's question? My main league is a .5 PPR league. If you had to choose, would you lean more towards PPR phenoms or draft more like standard league? That's one point. I already know I have the 10th pick in a 10-man, 10-team league snake draft. I'm leaning heavily towards going wide receiver, wide receiver with my first two picks. But what running backs do you like where my next two picks will be 30th and the 31st overall pick? Guys I'm looking at right now are Spiller, Ellington, Bush, Vereen, Matthews. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good mix. So, in three minutes, guys, try and just answer, give some points on that. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there, but uh, for Raccoon, what do you, what do you guys think? I kind of like your wide receiver, wide receiver, but as as we came to uh, or I came to the conclusion not too long ago on this podcast is I don't like going into a draft with a preconceived right. set notion. Go in with with a, with a number of different approaches and and plans, and that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but the fact is, don't go with a preset, determined route in your draft because you're gonna maybe regret it down the road. Yeah, this is, and we, uh, we, you look at it at the tenth pick, especially. You are going to be determined on what happens in front of you. So if everybody, you know, if it's a standard, normal way that drafts have been going lately, and everyone's still going running backs, and you you basically have had. Uh, Maybe Calvin Johnson's off the board, but every other receiver is there for you. Jimmy Graham is there for you. Well, then at that point in time, I might be, even though it's a, if, if, I'm going Julio Jones and I'm going Jimmy Graham, and I'm going hallelujah. Yeah. You know? But if it's a league where other people are being smarter and understanding how the trends and the things are changing in the NFL, and they're going, so you're at 10, you've only had five running backs taken, you've had three quarterbacks taken, you've had two wide receivers taken. You're going, okay. You need to be able to, to adjust now and say, based on what the board looks like. And flip side, if, <laughs> if everyone's going with the running back, wide receiver, and Jimmy Graham was a fourth pick overall, and you decide that you need, that, that they're still at that tenth pick, the, there hasn't been a quarterback taken. You've got to be willing to look at that and say, wow, I'm going to take the first or second quarterback. Now, I know there's talent and depth there, but... Don't go in and say wide receiver, wide receiver. I did that in every league last year. Raccoon, every league I had either Des Brown, uh, Des Bryant, or a um, Julio Jones. Pretty much those two in every one yeah. because Calvin was gone, and those were the two guys I liked the most. Next, I like that pick. It paid off in some ways, but what I'm going to learn going into 2014 drafts. Don't go in and say wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm doing it. Whatever is best there. Be flexible. Be nimble. Be uh, malleable to what's happening in your draft. And you're going to do that through your tiers, but you're also going to do that in predetermining a number of different routes, about four different teams that you could take and picks you could do with a running back, running back, a wide receiver, wide receiver, a running back, wide receiver, a quarterback, wide receiver, tight end one. And look at those and say what team do I like the most coming out of that? And then whoever's there, you can be flexible and know that you're going to pounce and have a good team. Uh, I'll, I'll tell Don't you, predetermine your draft in you, the first you, two you, you cannot. You absolutely cannot. And I'll tell you, that is the toughest thing 
that I have to think about when writing my draft strategy. When we do our draft strategies and our draft manifestos and we talk about what we like to do, what, yeah, when we like to do in our drafts, you know, you, you want to give some direction, but I know just how flexible I am. And I can't, I'd never go into a draft saying I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I, I cannot and I never have actually done that. I wait to see what's, hap what's happened before me and I have in my mind of a strategy that's happened that's going as to happen before me as a result of what's happened before me. So it, it, it's really impossible to tell you one way or another. I wish, I, again, this is another one of those things where I wish I can give you a set stock answer to it, but there's just no answer to it. You have to wait and see what happens. Now, we could do our mock drafts and we can give you certain scenarios that will play out and say, this is what you should do. And we will do that. Well, but I can't tell you, you know, straight out and first and foremost, you have to go running back, running back. Or you have to go wide receiver, wide receiver. Yeah. Because it's just not that way, especially in the changing times of the NFL this year. Different folks, different shows. What's things. happening in your league? Right. Yeah. You, can't just, you can't just I want, call I want to repoint everyone toward EC's column, uh, EC's article. Because EC's article went through the first like four rounds, whether you went by... I'm going by a strict strategy. Running back, running back, uh, then take wide receiver, wide receiver. Going wide receiver, wide receiver. He went through like it's like it's it's awesome. So and he and he maps out for each of the draft positions how the success was by going on that strategy. Now I'm gonna jump on your point because I agree. You should never go by any straight strategy. That's I've done it before and I've I've, We've I've, both done I've, it. I've come around listen, and I'm fully willing to admit when things are wrong or because the fact is the NFL is changing more and more every year than it ever has. It was so stagnant from 1980 to 1990. It was basically, you could count on, this is how the NFL is, this is how it goes. From 1990 to 2000, yeah, it was the same. And then it, wow, in the mid-90s, everything started to shift. And then from the last 15 years, it's it's still been like you can consider standard, but it's not, and it's been it's been ever evolving, and it's and it's changing now more dramatically each year over year. So with across the, number of players, where it's like in each position, there's always been those like starlets, where it's like Brady or Manny in a lot of seasons just Fox, knocking it out. Fox, Sean Alexander, Randy Moss, Chris uh, Holmes, you know, right, right. Marshall Harrison. Paul, right. There's that guy that like starlet, but now it's not as so much of like a couple individual mm -hmm. like blow up guys. It's more of like a grouping. So you don't want the number one pick group. anymore. Because there's I no don't clear cut. No, I don't either. Because there's no clear cut number one. Every time, every so time I've won this yet, it's so long, it's so so long, long to come back. back. It's so long to come back. I still like the number one. I, here's maybe, what I want. Maybe that changes. I want the number one for this about. only reason. I've, I've had the number one pick three times where I've traded it. That is the greatest. The last two championships I've won have been based on the number one pick. There is always one guy out there who wants that number one pick. And as I said, all it means is... Swapping hey, you'll draft. Be able to do it again this year. I say, I People say, want Peyton Manning. Right, and Period. I'll say, I'll you'll say, I'll keep my number one draft spot. I'll trade you, who guy who's a number nine spot or whatever. We swap first, uh, first round picks. I get your second round pick. You get my second round pick. I go back into my slot, and then I jump up again, say in round seven or something. That's how you make the deal. That guy's gonna go. I want Peyton Manning so bad. Or I want Adrian Peterson so bad, or whoever it is. In my years, it was Ladanian Tomlinson and Chris Johnson, and they gave me the world. So if you get that first pick, you make the trade. But here's my other point I wanted to make, going back to his question about who are my running backs that are going to be available to me. It depends. 
It depends on how that draft went. If the draft went only five running backs, as I said initially, were taken in that first round, then you probably want to draft one of your two picks. Maybe you want to draft a running back there because you might still get a top talent that is going to be completely diminished because you know now the run on running backs is going to happen in the second round. And that's this is all that you have to realize. It's where the run on positions happens. It's always been traditional that the run on running backs happens in the first round. And wide receivers normally never started to take major effect until about there was one guy who was taken at the usually in the, in the 90s it was at the end of the second round or the beginning of the second round and then at the end of the second round it was holy crap here comes the run on wide receivers yeah. nowadays it should be there should be three wide receivers taken in the first round there should probably be four wide receivers taken in the second round and that's how you should look at it it shouldn't be about i need to get this position it should be about where the points are and I agree with that. I think I think the most important thing is to be malleable and to understand and have constructed approaches that you can take based on what you're going to get. And when you dive in and you say, I'm doing this, you're doing yourself a disservice. And I think at the same time, uh, Brian Kearney, another guy that put a question out on Facebook, he said, in the, in, in, in the half, I'm in a half-point PPR with six-point passing TDs. I got to play a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, kicker, defense. Pretty standard. I want to try and go Jimmy Graham, then Drew Brees, one and two. So basically, I don't know where his draft position is. How long before I go and get my first wide receiver? No, now, running, I think, running back. Running back. Sorry, running back. I think that, I think everything we have just said for the previous five minutes points to you, Brian. Don't say I want. Unless you're from New Orleans and you got season tickets, right? <laughs> you know, and you're going to be at all the games, uh, sitting there in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Don't say I want Jimmy Graham and Drew Brees. Right. That is not the way to approach um, a, a team. A season. A, a, no, a no. Season, a, a fantasy season. season. A season. A fantasy season and your draft. So that you can, I mean, there's no question that could be a great no, combo. No, I want to make a point. But when you go in and say, I want that, so what happens if one of those guys is gone by the time it comes to you? Now all of a sudden you're in a tailspin, you're a rudderless ship. Right. You know, that's the problem. When you say, I'm going to have these two guys because this is who I want and I know my league and they're not going to have them and I'm going to get them, then all of a sudden when that whole pin is pulled out of the grenade and you're sitting there and you're like, fuck. Jimmy just got taken, or Breeze just got taken, and let's be honest, those are both first rounders. So yeah. for you to think that you're getting That's both those good. guys is playing with fire. But even before you get to playing with fire, don't have I'm taking player A first, player B second. Have that in one of your buckets, but have a bucket two where you're taking two different guys, bucket three where you're taking two different guys, and a bucket four. If you do that. You'll be all right. But if you put all your eggs in one basket like that, you're done. Brian, I'm going to give you some better advice on top of that, in addition to, in conjunction with. You're in a PPR league, but it's six points per passing touchdown. That means those quarterbacks are that much more valuable. Most leagues only give quarterbacks, when we, when we calculate Peyton Manning's ridiculous season with 55 touchdowns and the... Four, the 410 fantasy points he scored, do you realize take 55 times 2, add 110 points to his total, and that's what you get. 520 points that he scores. So, 
That's the more important thing about your league here is it's a six-point passing touchdown. No, your league. So now understand this. You only had five quarterbacks last year that threw 30 or more touchdowns. And you got a guy like Drew Brees, who was number two at 39. And then you can go back and you can look at Drew Brees in his history and what he has done over you know the the, the past uh, few seasons, and and you're gonna you're gonna just know that it's 46 touchdowns, it's 44 touchdowns, it's 42 touchdowns. Those are points at six points per. That's a league where there's probably needs to be those those quarterbacks who probably should be the first few quarter uh, draft picks off the board. So I agree with that. That's it. Regardless, Brian, just go in with a. Agile, mobile, shiftable approach that you are prepared for, not all of a sudden stung by someone getting picked. If someone gets picked, you are prepared for that. And at the end of the day, we've talked about this many times. The first two rounds are not where championships are made. They're not. No. Remember the team you told my, my yeah, team. You, met, it was my you first, won one championship. My first this year, four right? picks were horrible. You won one championship this yeah. year, right? Yeah. Last year, right? Yeah. What were your first two picks? Uh, no, no. It was, I know one of them. Was Trent, Trent Richardson, Richardson and round. Julio Jones, who got injured. So Trent Richardson and Julio Jones were your first two picks in a league that you won the championship. Yeah. Julio was obviously awesome. Trent was obviously, but only awesome for what five weeks or whatever. It yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, no, no, obviously awesome <laughs> for five weeks. But that just goes. Everyone's always thinking about those first two picks and all that stuff. Construct a team where you're going after and you've got a bundle, a grip, a nice handle on guys that you're going to get from that fifth pick to that 12th or 13th pick where you're cleaning up. We all know here at Pyro that we focus where you win everything. It's 5 through 12 because... Period. In in most leagues, unfortunately, it's because it's even if you have... People who are smart, even if you have great owners, it's just invariably there are so many people who just make mistakes and just fumble through those rounds and and are chasing past dreams instead of chasing future glory. Or going too high on rookies. Right. The mistake that I made in last year. I made I made too, right. I looked at the end of the season like, holy fuck. Fuck, I had too many. Obviously, Ellington paid off. Were you, at the, were you on that podcast, dog, where I mentioned? Because I had, I had Aaron Dobson. I had Terrence Williams. I had uh, Justin Hunter. I had uh, I had like I had six wide receiver rookies on my team. That'll never happen again. I had Robert Woods. Yeah. I, had, I had them all last year. I'll have Brandon Cooks on my team, a wide receiver <laughs> this year. Will have Brandon Cooks on your That's team. That's it. Maybe a dry archer. Dree. No. I'm calling Dree. I'm going dry. Dree. D-R-I. How you calling him? Dre. Dre. You go, Dre. It's Dre. You say. You say, you say Dre. I say, I say dry. You no. say suck. I All say right. Do we got more to talk <laughs> about about uh, PBR? Or should we, we shut this thing down? We shut it down. Shut I am going to mention uh, just one more thing, a couple more things, real quick. I want to mention one more, two more, couple more things. Done. We should shut it down, but I'll just mention one more thing. Two more. Put the heavy back. Hey. Two times. Two times. Two times. Two times. This is why our podcast ended up going three hours. All right. No, but we shut it down. But this really is it. Just the last couple, last few things here. Few nuggets. Um, Garrett Graham last year. Yeah. For Houston. 89 targets in just 12 games. That extrapolates to obviously up over 100 targets Sick. on a season. And that half of, you know, six or seven of those games were played with Owen Daniels. Right. He's That's gone an now. impressive amount of targets. 
That's with Gary Kubiak as his coach. Where's Gary Kubiak now? Baltimore. Who's getting targets? Dennis Pitta. Pitta's getting a ton of targets. He knows his Owen Daniels. Tar- uh, Owen Daniels is going to get targets as well. It's going to be a tight end haven there. you got to like that for PPR-wise. I-, I love those two guys. Well, uh, with that end, Garrett Graham on where he still is with Houston and with Fitzpatrick. And Owen Daniels is gone. gone. Don't don't you think yeah. that yeah. don't you think that the targets are gonna? This is a guy like that's still gonna well. get a lot of targets. Absolutely, I do. It's his I, show I, now. I, absolutely, uh, Garrett Graham and Ryan Griffin as well. Uh, uh, Garrett Graham is definitely a, a good player. I think Ryan Griffin has a chance to be a better player. I think it's gonna be a mix and match there. I think that it's gonna be mostly Garrett Graham because that's what they're used to, but it's also kind of a rebuilding team, and they're gonna go back to the running game a lot too. Arian Foster is gonna be back, so I, I, we'll, we'll see with that. Do like Garrett Graham a bit though as well. I, I, I fully agree. Jordan Reed, yeah, going to get a monster load of targets as well. Fifty-nine targets, only nine games last year, and two of those games are the first couple of games of the season where he a rookie. Yeah, as a rookie, if that guy's healthy for the whole year. Watch out with that one as well. You know, I mean, you Big you, you combine what Jer- the two guys you're mentioning. Yeah. I'm the huge Pitta yeah. and Reed. Pitta and Reed are my wide are my tight ends next year. Those are my guys. I love. Them. I mean, there are right. guys. There are guys. Those two guys, I love a tight end next year. You look at the combination of what Eifert and Gresham got in Cincinnati last year. Gruden now Washington. Right. Gotta love that for a Reed. Another guy to mention. No competition. Kyle Rudolph. Fred, my guy. Out. North Turner. Loves getting his fucking tight ends targets. Loves getting getting a fantasy points. Last year, Jordan Cameron, 118 targets, third in the entire league behind Jimmy Graham and Tony Gonzalez. Yet t- Cameron played one less game than both of them. There you go. There you All go. Right? Would have had more targets than Tony Gonzalez. Had would have had the second most catch. Might have had more catches than Jimmy Graham on the season. Just so you know, six behind him. If he plays that one extra game, Jordan Cameron playing under North Turner. What does Kyle Rudolph do next year? I know you guys have him down around 10 or 11. He's in my top five. And there's a reason, boys. And I, I, I like him. I like him for sure. All right. I like yeah, him a lot. You guys just don't like him as much as I no, do. You guys no, not, yet, not yet. Not yet. I'll, not yet. I'll tell you what. I've got to see it. Let me I'll... see it in preseason. I will then be... be... Very happy to eat my words. You guys and all didn't that. see Jordan Cameron in the preseason. Follow me on that one. No, follow no, no. I was, I was, on, I was on no, that one too. I'm telling you. Follow. I, we'll, I'll follow you. The only thing yeah. I don't know, and the only variable there, and Hoyer played out his mind in when Cameron was going nuts last year. But what's who's the quarterback? Who was the quarterback who's, in Cleveland last year? No, I'm saying Hoyer, Hoyer was. It's the same but situation. I'm, but I'm no, saying I'm, who's the quarterback? But but we knew we knew that he was the quarterback going into the season. Who? Weed. Hoyer. No, it was Whedon. No, it was, Whedon. Yeah, it was Whedon. Then it was, it was Hoyer, Whedon. and then it was Campbell. And then, no, no, I don't think any of us thought Whedon my, was no, going to do anything. Make my, it was Whedon. Forget about it. You're making the wrong argument. Up. I'll make the argument that makes sense. I'm saying the Vikings, no, no. we don't know who's throwing the I don't care about that. I don't care about that. What I care about this is when Kyle Rudolph was successful, it was because he was catching touchdowns. So I love this about his game. He has the ability to be a touchdown guy. Absolutely. What I don't like about it is that Cordell, Cordell Patterson is going to be uh, emerging. And you also still have an Adrian Peterson there. So how many touchdowns you're going to really expect from him, I'm not sure. Uh, they also I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but he's, and he's also not been a guy who's, who's ever had more than, what was it, 39 or 40 catches in the season. So... 
Which quarterback? Yeah, Antonio Gates was terrible under Norv Turner. What? With, with, with Dania Tomlinson, Jackson. Listen, I still have him in my league, so I'll be Phillip happy to eat my I know you're going to be happy with I'll be happy to eat my words. Phillip Rivers. He's a lot but I got Jordan Cameron to start over him. Here's the question I got for you guys. Who do you want to be throwing the ball? You first. You love it, Kyle Rudolph. Who do you want to be throwing out of the three quarterbacks that they have right now? Ponder third, uh, would you, uh, say probably Bridgewater want, second, and Cassell I want, one. I want, I want Cassell to be throwing to him until Bridgewater legitimately overtakes him. Okay, who do you want to be throwing to, to Rudolph? Uh, Dante Culpepper or Tommy Kramer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking for I'm 100% with you. Fran Targanen or Randall Cunningham. Give me a Wade fucking Wilson. Tarverus Jackson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's crafted a great great career. Hey, guys, I think we did a good job, dog. Absolutely. Way to rip out some um, tight ends at the end there. I know we kind of left them hanging a little bit. If we he didn't know there's another one. He yeah. knows another one. Be, beware. Ben Roethlisberger, he says that he's back to the exact same Heath Miller no that I made the and fourth best fantasy tight end in the league two years ago. And no doubt. Arian, Bruce Arians is not there to make him block. Exactly. And, and he came back from a serious injury last year and played like the whole year. I don't know how these tight ends, Chandler and, and Heath Miller, yeah. the tight it's ends are able to just come back and be like, yeah, I had an ACL injury, I'm, uh, it sucks, yeah, but I'm, I'm playing again. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. Within the offseason. I'm playing all 16 games next season. Yeah. I don't even take a couple games off. Uh, it's, it's insane. One last thing that we should mention while we're talking about tight end. Witten. Yeah. We should we, be mentioned. PPR. We're talking we about PPR. To talk, we need to talk yeah. about Witten. Because Witten's career is definitely, you know, the twilight's happening. But, and you, I know how you guys feel about Romo and he's going down. But Witten in PPR is Something special, and and, you know, and it goes back to those numbers that you were talking about earlier with eighty-five catches or eighty catches and five touchdowns. Yeah, 80, eighty-five catches. And the five only touchdowns. tight end in the list. There's no there, to, Tony G was on. Tony, Tony G, G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony G did it five times. Jason Witten's done it five times. But here's the other thing about That's it. Yeah, and Witten, the thing about him too is that this year, especially, you are not going to see Witten drafted as a top five tight end. I mean, this is one of those, like, you're talking about, like, who are those weird quarterbacks <laughs> you're going to see at 8, at 9, at 10, yeah, at 11. Yeah. You're going to go, holy shit, I haven't drafted a tight end yet, and I'm getting the 8th tight end off the board, and I'm grabbing Jason Witten, and I'm in a PBR league? Because people are, someone's getting enamored with uh, a 60-yard touchdown that Ladarius Green has, has five weeks Jared from now. Right? Yeah, exactly. You're gonna get, you're gonna get, you're gonna get all these things are gonna flood your mind, and these things like a Jeremy Shocking guy is gonna make. Uh, Tyler Eifert's gonna it, have it, a great when, second season. He had season. That, that, that catch in, uh, which made me draft him. He had a catch in preseason against the Colts, I think it was, and he lowered the shoulder and he bowled the guy over and then ran another thirty yards. I go, I'm drafting him. I don't care. He Jockey. was my jockey. He was my second tight end in that league. I reached for him and I was happy. I had him though. Last <laughs> he had a good year, Jason Witten, terrible season, right? Just, yeah. It was just terrible. Not even though. No. Fifth in targets. Right. Fifth in receptions. Fourth in touchdowns. What do you want? And what do you, what do you end, what you end up in, this was the in one standard thing, leagues? In, in, standard in, and PPR. Well, the right scary here. thing was yeah, what, how he started the season. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce Six. Top six. Here's, okay, here's the thing. He started the season. I want to say like he had two PPR leagues. Wasn't it four touchdowns? Awesome. What is it? What did it, no, hold on. Didn't he have four touchdowns in the first two weeks? 
I want to say it was no, four, it was it, it was, was three it was four, four touchdowns in the first against, three weeks or something or whatever it was. No, it was against he kept doing it against the Giants. <laughs> but it was, but it was, it was, it was early in the season. But it was, but it was so early in the season because it was so. No, he only had two touchdowns in the first four weeks, but they were both against the Giants. Okay. And then, and then later on, two more touchdowns against the Giants. Right. right. So it was a two touchdown game. Because <laughs> when he had the two touchdowns, because, because, because this is the one thing about Jason That's Witten. Awesome. While he's been a PPR guy, he's never been the touchdown guy. No, yeah. This is the one thing. So it's like, again, when you're looking and you're gauging these tight ends, but now that you've lost a Tony Gonzalez, who's now out of the league, yeah. and you have some of these iconic guys, Antonio Gates, who is at the end of his career, so no, we But were, still been okay. No, no, so this is yeah. what... I want to point to this. Let's start looking, everybody, to the Kyle Rudolphs, to the Jordan Reed, you got it. to these younger guys, because you want to know what? Don't be the guy that's getting the that's tail end of somebody else. Get the guy who's getting the ascension of somebody else. And these guys are much more prolific uh, receivers than these previous generation was just because of the growth in the position. I yeah. can't think of a time where tight ends, there was a lot of upside with a lot of players like this. It's amazing. After a lot of guys retiring and some guys in Who the twilight of their career. And I love it. Pitta, all the names you mentioned. Pitta, I love that dude. Yeah, I love throw, a read. There's other like strange names you can throw out there. Charles Clay. Yeah. You know, th- even the way you Walker had a great Clay. season. That I'm staying away from Bill Walker. Clay. But <laughs> I'm Clay. staying away from Walker, too. Dog, man, get up. Give me a hug, bro. Whatever. It's awesome yeah. to have you back. Yeah, bro. Love it. Dropping the knowledge. Dini, we're going to shut this man. part. Beautiful, brother. We're going to shut this party down. PPR. The art of PPR, as only told through the boys of Pyromaniac. Houdini, you're awesome. Dogmatica, you're the greatest. I'm D-Rex. Let's close this out with some more Kasabian. Also had uh, some nice Richard Pryor action throughout the uh, segments going I in. Might, I might throw a little Richard at the end of this thing, too. Throw it down. Kasabian, good night. Good night.
we'll do, this is movies. I came last night, man, I had a, they had, you have to match the shit to the lights, right? And I came last night, man, I had on some beautiful shit. And I, I sent it to the dude, man, they said they're going to dye it for me. You know, so it would fit with the lights. Let me show you this shit. This shit is, yeah, wait, wait. This, this is what the shit looked like when it came back. So I couldn't jump on that motherfucker, right? I looked at the guy and said, oh, that's nice, Jim. Shit, just the way I like my jackets. You know, the motherfucker left. I talked about his ass, too. Right? Big black motherfucker. Look what he did to my dad. Fuck my shit. Fuck my shit up. Because he was sitting in there in the room with me. I didn't want to fuck around, right? Because his whole leg was big as me. Thank you, Jackie.